And we are coming down in three, two, one. Welcome to Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by... Nope. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking... I know what I'm saying. I'm smiling. Could you guys know what I'm going with today? Smiling souls? No. Nerd. Could that be a thing? You're a nerd. That's ba- fine. Baja mentals? Well, we could say that. I mean, any name you come up with that had souls at the end pretty much works. Trick Daddy Souls, Ice Cream Souls, Milk Dud Souls, Shake and Bake Souls. Yeah, I mean, you have the perfect name. I kind of like Shake and Bake Souls. Shake and Bake Souls. I can be Shake and Bake today. I like that. Shake. What were you planning on going with? Bake. Uh, he didn't know. Quick. So are you going to stay with Quick or are you going to go Shake and Bake Souls? I'm going with Shake and Bake today. Shake and Bake Souls. Shake and Bake Souls. The Master Chris Massey. And the Red Baron. <laughs> Quick, didn't even make it off the runway. So, like. <laughs> no, I, was, I, I gave you the takeoff. No, oh, I heard it. I heard it. Oh, no, oh, I, oh. I, I, I'm, I'm the actual crash master. I got you. <laughs> I, I start off the plane and See, I don't that, that plane left from LaGuardia when it crashed into the <laughs> mountain. <laughs> what would you say over there? Sandpaper Souls? Uh, not my name. Uh, no, but once again, it works. Your your name is like the the real life version of Kendall's band name reference. Rent Souls. No, like his is like if you can think of a creative band name, it's already been taken. That's right. If you no. can think of, of a creative nickname for Souls, it works. Exactly. <laughs> I can think of a creative band name that's not taken. Go ahead. Cross-eyed puppies. It's taken one hundred percent. That's definitely a Seattle yeah, grunge band. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, is a band name. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not a popular band, but it's definitely a band, band name. Band. There are definitely a couple 40-year-old guys in Seattle yeah. playing some, like, you know, like I wrote a song just like everything Nirvana's written. <laughs> yeah, there's a dive bar in the Northwest that is, you know, featuring their music right now. Which, what's the name of the band again, Kato? Go as you aren't, <laughs> as it's, you're not. It's a, what, called Cross-Eyed Puppies, is that the name there you of it? Go. Yeah. It's a pretty good name, actually, you know? It's a shame that it already exists. Butthole Kitchen? Oh, 100%. <laughs> There's a band called the Butthole Surfers, so the Butthole Kitchens is the wannabe version of that. No, the wannabe is the Butthole Boogie Boarders. <laughs> oh, and then there's the slightly cooler but not as good band, the Butthole Skinboarders. <laughs> the Devil Day Macaroni Sticks? The Devil with the Devil Egg Macaroni Sticks. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a Fourth of July band. <laughs> like they play the picnics and like yeah. Poughkeepsie. Yeah. They have a short window of like two weeks with a really popular. Yeah, right. Yeah. You want to keep going? No, <laughs> no. I mean, this is just too many. The, the options are endless. Starting lineups. Souls. Yeah, today I'm going with uh, Ferris Bueller's type of beer <laughs> from Hanging Hill Brewing Company. The season, the sessions, India Pale Air. Souls, I saw something today that would have made you cry. What's In a good way or a bad way? Bad way. What happened? I was selling some liquor to a, an account. And in the back, where their breakage was, which I was going through the breakage to see if there's anything uh, of mine, there was a completely damaged four-pack 
of Mermaid Tears. Should have taken it. It was all broken. There was nothing in it. No, no, there's no beer in the cans. Those are sick bastards over there. And I was like, "Oh, do you have any more of this?" And he was like, "No." He's like, "I've been trying to order it, but like, I don't get. It. I'm not getting any." That's why because he doesn't take care of his shit. No, it came broken. No, he doesn't take care of it. He just wants you to think that. How dare you disrespect chastity like that? I'm fine with that. You know, he's a Sixers fan. Okay. He ruined a perfectly good beer. He didn't ruin it. Prove it. I, I can. I can show you it. I no. have it in my car. Prove to me that he... Why do you have it in your beer? car if there's nothing in it? I was going to bring it in the show and like tease Kyle with it, but I forgot about it. Okay. So just now. Mass? Uh, from Stop and Shop. Not a drinking. Acadia spring water. I got the superior one over here. <laughs> What's the superior? Poland Springs. No, it's not. It's Deerland Deer, Deer Park. <laughs> is that what it is? Deerland Park? I think it's just Deer Park. I Deer think, Park? I think it's just Deer Park. I don't know who sells that, though. I don't know who the, like, the executive owner of Deer Park is. Right I'm starting off right now with the Two Roads Oktoberfest, but soon to come from a, a cylindrical... A long, a long a long No, it's just a cylinder. Cylinder, keg-like formation. It is a keg. Well, here's it's a, a cylinder sick keg. Sob. Yeah, yeah, I am. The Hofbrau Oktoberfest Volume Two. I'm also drinking that. I didn't lead off with anything though. That I, I led off with this. Because yeah. he's not a sick sob. This is a, a pre-show. To answer your question. Deer Park is manufactured by Nestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suck it there, reader. Hey, can you can you find out since you're so good at researching things? Can you find out if uh, what was it was it Nestle Cool or whatever it was? I'm, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it was like the lemon lemon iced tea, the snowman on it. Yeah, you see if that's still in production. I like continued bullshit. I like what and they had it in the cans too. I like that. I remember that. I mean, they, they still can the ST, I'm pretty sure, but it was it's not the same. That was an ST cool. It was different. Fuck him. He's not calling me. Fuck him. Well, tell, tell him to call now. Toast Excellence? So, minus, now, I'm a little late to the game, but... <coughs> bless you. I watched it, <coughs> bless you, and it's full, enti- <laughs> full entirety. The Uncle Rico Garter uh, Miss You <laughs> video, the full thing. The full thing. And it is excellent. It is everything. If you like Napoleon Diamond as much as I do, and if you like a Gardner, you know. Minshew. Here's where I get in trouble for this again. I've never seen Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, my God, Mass. Well, that one's okay. That movie kind of sucks. What? (laughs) Kyle, that movie is so worth it. It's not. It is, is, though. It's not. All right, well, you can call. I'll answer. But I watched the full video because I like the videos, the movie so much, and they, they sprinkle in so much, you know, relevant detail. Uh, it's so good, and that's my late toast excellence. But I watched it the first time today, so. Call him. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll call. We'll be calling Machine Wash. Also, we need to put the game up on the screen. Sandpaper Souls. We can't if we have Mach on. I could have screen it. I think. Or we don't. He doesn't have to be on. Just no video. Well, I mean, I could, I could look at him. I'll just call him. I'll just call him. He doesn't have to. Sandpaper Souls. Uh, my toast of excellence is. To Kyle Allen, three and zero as a Panthers starter. Mass Chris Massey. Uh, toast oh, of excellence. Man, that wasn't even close to long enough. 
Toast of excellence to Frank Gore, only the third running back to start 200 career games. What's up, fellas? Shut up. <laughs> you got dissed by, uh, <laughs> fuck, what's his name? Oh, um. Shake and Bake Souls. Shake and Bake Souls. Oh, damn. <laughs> Your rebuttal, sir. <laughs> that was the rebuttal. So, David, what are you drinking? I have uh, one of the K Quick Souls favorites, a Two Juicy from Two Roads. Whoa. And what's your toast to excellence? My toast to excellence is to. You know, it's going to be to Adam Thielen for finally playing well after I traded him. Good. That's how it goes. So, screw that guy. Maybe you shouldn't have traded him. It's all right. I still have well, Stefan Diggs, and he still did nothing. Yep, I traded him too. All right, pretty much, pretty much traded all the Vikings I could, besides Kirk Cousins. How? What do you mean how? No, not you. Well, all right. Anyway, four and zero, oh, baby. So, Mark, I'm sorry we don't have you on the, the video screen tonight. We have the, the Monday night game, which we are watching on our normal flat screen television. So you'll be just audio calling with us tonight, if that's okay with mm. you. If it yeah, isn't too cool. <laughs> Such enthusiasm in the voice. I'm going to uh, dial up the game here from the phone. Are you Are in you? your man cave? I am. Is that some uh, free phone football action? No, free phone football. Yep. Free phone football? Free phone football. No one else free phone football? That commercial is stupid. It's a, it's a dumb commercial. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's pretty terrible. But it made sense to say it. The Doors are pretty cool, though. They're, they're not. A pretty lame band. I would like to hear The Doors come out with a new album, a Twisted Sister cover band album. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring Billy Joel. And they only sing Billy Joel's tunes. Hey, so did you guys want to know a fun fact about the game tonight? Yes. Uh, five minutes into the game, Matt Breda is averaging 83 yards a carry. Wow. Did he have an 83-yard touchdown run? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, then that's not that impressive. <laughs> well, let's get the us. easy news out of the way. So this week in uh, GSWD Division Pick'ems, uh, Souls came in first, I came in second, nobody else picked the team. <laughs> Did I not do Pick'ems? You know, it's funny. I thought about Not Pick'ems, the, the Division ones where you pick a roster Wait. off your division. You sent me one, but it was after all the games have been played. But I didn't look. Doesn't matter. Come, if, come no, on. No, no. Okay, fine. You can be the first loser. You're the best loser. I remembered. I, was just, I completely forgot. I was, I was working a lot. It sucks. How was that work? I, we picked them on Monday, and I sent a reminder on Thursday. Did you send a reminder? Also, I texted him that night, my team. I worked late every single night for the past three weeks. Can I, I have here, a break? Excuse, on I Monday. forgot. Could have just did it while we were just sitting here. No. Why? You did it last time. I like when we passed the notebook around. That was a good reminder. That would just get out of the way. <laughs> well, Souls, congratulations on your, you. your, your victory. Well, since I put together a team, can I at least tally it? I'll take the loss. Can I, I did just... tally it. You would have came in third. All right, so it doesn't matter. But I'll still take the points when we do at the end of the year. So, yeah, just pencil that in. That'd be great. Thank you. I, I'm going to be honest. Looking at the division that I had, I probably would have lost anyway. Is that the attitude we're going to have going forward now? No, but I had the AFC West, and the, it would have been a lot of Chargers and Chiefs. They did a whole lot of nothing. 
I, yep. I started Dolphins tight end. Why? Because <laughs> I just, could. I just started the Dolphin. I didn't have any. Yeah, you have to start a player from every team. I didn't even give a name. Do I just you want to know how the pickums went? Yeah, we can do that. We can bang it out. We got a lot of NBA talk, so Mark, you could probably sign off after this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for the pickums this week, we we had a lead change. Nice. Uh, I am now in first place at thirty-eight and twenty-three. He fixes it. Kyle is in second at thirty-seven and twenty-four. The Mass is in third at thirty-six and twenty-five. Nose Picker is thirty-five and twenty-six. Just Win Baby is thirty-four and twenty-seven. That's kind of cool. And then uh, Jeff is twenty-one and forty. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad for only doing it two weeks, though. Yeah, he had a huge week last week. I'm pretty sure two weeks ago. <laughs> Hey, Mark. Yeah. Congratulations to you as well as all the members of Getting Sports or Drunk. We are a solid 0 for 4 uh, this week in football for our teams. You know, it's funny. I, I had like a little thing planned, and then I got held up here, so I had to Skype in. I was going to bring in a bunch of nips for everybody and just have silent, sad nips. That's if fine. I, if just... I remember, Mock has to take a shot. Well, yes, when, I do. Because when the Rams, uh, when the Rams were the only team to win, I had to take the shot, and all of you got off scot free. When the Rams were the only one to win, yeah. Or are you talking about just? Or are you talking about fantasy? All of our teams lost. Yeah. What are you talking Did about? the Giants lose? Yeah. 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 Oh, I thought they By won like for some a lot. reason. <laughs> they got spanked. Who did you guys play? The Vikings. Vikings. Oh yeah, never mind. <gasps> oh, but uh, Mark, oh. feel free to bring oh. those nips next week. That'd be great. <laughs> I'd appreciate that. No. So, I was thinking, we got a lot of, like, we're going to do, like, real rapid fire on these NFL games. Like, I mean, I'm talking super quick. We've got a lot of NBA shit to get to. And uh, there's at least four games that people don't really want to talk about. <laughs> oh, wait. We didn't crack the beers. Uh, I cracked mine. That's why I forgot. <laughs> I'm the only one that's cracking a beer. This is kind of... No, nah, he just cracked his. Make the... <laughs> you don't need to do that, guys. Yeah, you do. All right, Thursday Night Football. The Seattle Seahawks hold on in a nail-biter to beat the L.A. Rams. And that's all we need to talk about. Uh, real quick, Jared Goff. Oh, we're leg, done. Baby. We're done. Jared Goff throws 395 yards, one touchdown, Can one reception. Can you hang up on Mock? Uh, Todd Gurley, two touchdowns on 51 yards, and Gerald Everett, the big man through the air. And Russell Wilson tossed four touchdowns with 118 yards on the ground, added by Chris Carson. And, uh, yeah, it came down to a, uh, a game-winning field goal opportunity at the end. Kendall, are you happy? Yes. Mock, take the mic out of your pants. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. Mm. Moving on. One o'clock games. The Chicago Bears fall to the Raiders in London. Well, hold on, quick thing. Okay. This deserves to be said. Chris Carson ran like a beast in that. Kyle, how many times are you just going to well, say Well, they it? didn't fucking hear it, okay? They know it. They watched the game. I don't think so. I'm well aware that he ran like a beast. Thank you. You guys are all bitches. You'll have your time to shine when we get to your big, big fan, Al Horford. Uh, Chicago Bears fall 21-24 in London to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, real sloppy game. Um, Bears very poor tackling and undisciplined. And the Raiders uh, found their run game. And Josh Jacobs uh, breaking the century mark for the first time in his uh, young career. Uh, Guess Alan, who sat him this week? You? Yep. And uh, Allen Robinson was the big receiver, 97 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, moving on, the Arizona Cardinals get their first win on the season, defeating the winless Bengals, 26-23. Kyler Murray threw for 253 yards and also rushed for 93 yards and a touchdown. 
And David Johnson was a leading man with 65 yards receiving. Just think about that. Your leading running, your leading rusher was a quarterback, and your leading receiver was a running back. <laughs> and then Andy Dalton threw 262 and two touchdowns. Joe Mixon finally had a decent day on the ground with 93 yards. And Tyler Boyd added 123 through the air. Bills Mafia came back to winning form, beating the Tennessee Titans 14-7. to And Josh Allen's return from what looked to be a gruesome head injury. Head injury? Yeah. yeah. It was a concussion, yeah. Two, 219 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Frank Gore, as aforementioned, ran for 60 more yards on the ground. Marcus Mariota and company had a very flat day. Moving on to the New Orleans Saints. Teddy Bridgewater improves to 3-0 and in the backup role over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 31-24. to Bridgewater throws 314 yards and four touchdowns. Kamara adds 62 on the ground. Michael Thomas, the big day through the air, 182 yards, two touchdowns. Chris Godwin continues to show his uh, impressive uh, reign on the, the receiving core of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, charring 125 yards and two touchdowns, and Jameis Winston, 204 yards and two touchdowns. Big takeaway from this game, the Saints held Mike Evans to nothing. No catches. I t- the other takeaway I have from that is, is Bridgewater is getting better every week. He was a starting quarterback in the NFL for a while. I know, yep, but and he's going to be riding the pine pony in four weeks, so it doesn't matter. But I mean, really, like he's getting better every week. So I mean, what? How? How much longer does Breeze have? If Breeze comes back this season, they start Breeze. No, I I agree with you one hundred percent. But his contract is also up at the end of this year. I'm pretty sure. So do they play with the idea of kind of moving on? Because Bridgewater's playing well. I don't think so. I think it's Breeze's team and will be until he wants to hang it up. You know what? You trade Bridgewater while his, his stock is high. And really screw yourself with the future. But who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Live short-sighted. The Minnesota Vikings defeat the New York Giants 28-10. to Kirk Cousins starts to find his form. 306 yards, two touchdowns. Delvin Cook returns to form with 132 yards on the ground. Adam Thielen, as Sheen said, had a coming out party for the first time, it seems like, this season. 130 yards, two touchdowns. Daniel Jones, 183 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, the the injury list for the New York Giants running back committee grows. And uh, Hillman, Hillman is the, the lead carry guy at 20 yards. And Slayton, 62 yards and a touchdown. Mock, anything you'd like to add to that game? Uh... Defense is terrible, and the receivers need to catch. We had too many drops. Too many big-time, like, important drops. Fair enough. But, you know, it is what it is. The Philadelphia Eagles decimate the New York Giants 31-6. to uh, The defense... Uh, the Eagles did not beat the Giants. The sure. sh- I'm sorry. They're both shit New York teams. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles dominate the New York... They'll dominate them eventually. Uh. The Philadelphia Eagles dominate the New York Jets 31-6 to in a route to a 10-sack performance. Carson Wentz, 189 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Howard, 62 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Zach Ertz, 57 yards and a touchdown. Nobody really gives a shit about whatever the Jets guys did. Moving Gave on to... Sacks. Yeah, the 10 sacks. 10 sacks by the Eagles. Moving on, a, another nail-biter at the 1 o'clock games. The Baltimore Ravens come out victorious on the road, 26-23 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mason Rudolph, scary hit, knocked completely fucking unconscious. Uh, yeah. 131 yards and a touchdown, though, for him. James Conner, 55 yards on the ground. Smith Schuster, 75 yards and a touchdown through the air. 
Lamar Jackson, relatively quiet day through the air. Three interceptions, one touchdown. 70 yards on the ground, though. Willie Sneed, lead man for Baltimore. Um, really, really, really want to know what the fuck Cam Hayward was doing. This was stupid. Did you guys, did anybody watch the, the game? No. I didn't get a chance to watch it. All right, so this is what happened. Overtime comes. The refs explain it over the loudspeaker like they usually do, right? He Then he announces, as the visiting team, the Baltimore Ravens get to call the coin toss. They choose tails, and it's heads. Kim Hayward talks to the ref for about 15 to 20 seconds, and then decides, we're going to defend left. <laughs> so the Ravens are like, okay, we'll receive. And he's like, what do you What do you mean you, you're going to receive? Like, he, he, he didn't understand the rules. No, he, he just assumed that because they won the coin toss, they got the ball. Right, I'm, yeah. so, I'm sorry. That's... I'm sorry. How long has he played football? I don't know, five minutes? Yeah, yeah, I guess he didn't get the rules there. <laughs> I was just like, like, I thought at that moment, I thought that was just the writing on the wall for the Ravens to walk right down and score. Yeah. Um, the New England Patriots decimate the Washington Redskins 33-7. to Washington did have a lead for all of the first minute and a half of the game, and then gave up 33 points. Colt McCoy, 119 yeah. yards and an interception. McLaurin... Uh, banged up, recorded 51 yards through the air. Um, Tom Brady, 348, three touchdowns and an INT. Sony Michelle come into form with 91 yards and a touchdown, and Julian Edelman having his big day, first of the season with 110 yards on eight catches for a score. The Carolina Panthers defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars, 34-27. to Kyle Allen, 181 yards and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, 176 yards on the ground with two scores. And DJ Moore with 91 yards on six receptions. Gardner Minshew, 374 yards and two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, another century mark performance with a touchdown. And Chark, is it, how do you say it? DJ Chark. DJ Chark Jr. Is the DJ for Junior? So did you just say DJ Chark? Yeah, that's what they call him. 164 yards, two it's touchdowns. DJJ. So uh, even though it wasn't like the standard 50-point like offensive barrage we come to see from a lot of like the Rams and the Chiefs of the world, this was a pretty like offensive firepowered game. It was, it was a fun one. Uh, the, the, Do, the, um, the Panthers kept trying to give the Jaguars a chance to tie it, though, because they, they, kept, they kept committing defensive penalties yeah. so the game wouldn't end. They committed three defensive penalties in the last 10 seconds of the game. All five yarders. But still. But eventually Do you think Cam up, Newton gets his job back? No. I don't either. Well, I don't know. It depends because, like, if, it, if it, this guy keeps playing well and winning games, he's how do not, you he's put not Cam pl- back he's in? not playing well. He's just not turning the ball over. Even still, if it's generating wins, right? But okay, but here here's the thing though: he can keep doing what he's doing. Is there any chance that this kid keeps the starting job when Cam Newton's healthy? If Christian McCaffrey has to miss a game. I mean, Maybe. Cam's been playing bad football for two years. But if Christian McCaffrey's not in the game, what is this guy going to do? This is true. No, I, I understand what you're saying. Who's but, their backup? But that's what I mean. Like, just just uh, just, for, just for haha, drafted rookie. Too. I'm saying though, but just for haha, he threw for 181 yards. 81 of those were to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, it will be interesting when it comes time. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break for a trade alert. Uh... Bills have traded wide receiver Zay Jones to the Raiders for a 2021 fifth-round pick. Well. As reported by Chris Morton. So. That was worth interrupting? Did, did that, I was going to say, that had to 
interrupt our show? <laughs> this happening on October 7, 2019. Did. It's a Monday. Deshaun Watson, 426 yards and five touchdowns in the routing of the Atlanta Falcons, 53-32. to Carlos Hyde had 60 yards on the ground, and Will Fuller with a big day, 217 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Matt Ryan threw for 330 with three touchdowns, and Calvin Ridley had 88 yards receiving and one touchdown. Julio Jones, big, pretty much big goose egg. Uh, moving on to the two 4 o'clock games, the Denver Broncos get their first win of the season, beating the ever-so-underperforming Chargers of Los Angeles. Uh, Philip Lindsay, 114 yards and a touchdown. Sutton with 92 yards and a touchdown. Joe Flacco, 182 yards, one touchdown, one INT. Phillip Rivers, 211 yards, two picks. Melvin Gordon, 31 yards on the ground in his return. Eckler, the big man through the air, 15 receptions for 86 yards. Yeah. Wow. Good on him. And then the final of the 4 o'clock games was the Green Bay Packers defeating the Dallas Cowboys 34-24. to the Packers went up big. The Cowboys continued to kind of claw back as best they could, but ended up just falling short. Dak Prescott, 463 yards, two touchdowns, and three picks. Elliott, 62 yards and a touchdown. Amari Cooper, 226 yards, one touchdown. Aaron Rodgers threw for 238 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Aaron Jones, 107 yards on the ground with four touchdowns and 75 yards receiving. The Cowboys looked like two completely different teams in both halves of this game. I know. The first half, they looked absolutely terrible. And then the second half, they looked really good. I wouldn't say they looked really good. I just think the Packers let up. Packers had some defensive penalties that were, like, really later head-scratching. But, you're right, the Cowboys but I mean, even good. towards – I mean, Dak, Dak started making some good throws. No, for sure. Cooper for sure. was making – like, the, the first half, they, they looked real bad. It was ugly. They, they kind of – came came to it in the second half. And then in a tale of two teams on the Sunday night game, the Indianapolis Colts upset the Kansas City Chiefs 19 to 13. Patty Mahomes throws for 321 yards, 321 yards and a touchdown. Williams with 23 yards on the ground and Pringle with 103 yards and a touchdown. The Kansas City continuing the mantra of we're going to surprise you every week with the waiver wire receiver of the week. <laughs> Um, Jacoby Brissett, 151 yards and an interception. Marlon Mack, 132 yards on the ground. And Hines with 46 yards. Um, I think the big thing for this game, uh, you talk about somebody earning their, earning their yards. Marlon Mack ran like a fucking beast. Big time. And they shut, they shut down the run game for the, the Chiefs. Yeah, that was like very traditional, like old school and, and running. It's going to be interesting to see what teams are going to do moving forward because... Uh, Mahomes has not. Mahomes didn't look healthy, as healthy with the, when he finished the game as he did when he started it with that ankle. And uh, you keep bringing the pressure, um, you're gonna you're gonna force him to risk re-injuring or injuring it further by scrambling. And one one good pull of the ankle, one roughing the passer, you know, 15 yards might be worth it. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. you think about it. I though, think too. Sorry, well, go ahead. Was it the, the Chiefs though? They just they, the Chiefs have not looked good for two weeks in a row now. A lot. Uh, Mahomes said it in the press conference. Uh, teams are playing man against them, and, and they don't have the receiving core to, to beat man. No, they don't. Tyree Kill is their receiving core to beat man. He's fast enough to get separation in that, and without him, they don't have the personnel to do it. Yeah, 
That's right. I mean, their, their receiving core is getting beat up on pretty good. Uh, you know, once guys come back a little healthy, I think we'll see them start to put up points again. But their, their team is hurt yeah. offensively. Well, real quick, you too, know? for this game, you know, a big, you know, and actually this should have been a uh, toast of excellence to myself, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dummy. <laughs> um, Justin Houston having having a really good day versus the, the you know his former team there. And well, somebody had to because Khalil Mack didn't have a good day against his former team. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't know Justin Houston. He had he had a sack and I don't know uh, maybe three three or four tackles, but he he was a presence. So good on him. Good on him because he he was going to be traded. He asked for his release. Yep. So. Yep. 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 Just kiss him already. I tried. He doesn't answer emails. <laughs> All right, and then, so we'll move on real quick to uh, real quick to the getting towards our drunk updates. That way, we can just focus on all the the fun stuff, the the basketball stuff, and things like that. In- uh, the first matchup, we had Team Macaroni and Breeze getting their first win of the season against Tyler's team, one fifteen fifty four to one hundred three. Uh, and Macaroni and Breeze can still add insult to injury as he has Robbie Gould kicking tonight. Uh, he had Amari Cooper go off for 42 points, but the rest of his team just did solid double-digit work. Uh, Tyler's team did have big performances from Jared Goff and Calvin Ridley and Justin Tucker and a and a something to speak about performance from the Green Bay defense with nine points. But his two starting wide receivers put up goose eggs for him to get him the ultimate loss of Mike Evans, and I don't know why he started Devontae Adams. <laughs> but a win's a win, baby. Man, ain't that the truth? Next up, we had Chris's team taking on D's Lutz, the Chris versus Chris matchup everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> Chris's team put up 92.24 points this week in a losing effort to Chris Massey's team, who currently has 193 points and still has Cleveland's defense rolling. So he's already secured at least uh, secured about a 100-point victory. He started Deshaun Watson, Dalvin Cook, Sony Michelle, all put up big points for him. Uh, Patty Mahomes and Mark Ingram were the only to put up double-digit points for Chris's team. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Kyle Soule's team puts up an impressive 187.72 points, beating the Geis' loose B, 141.66. Kyle Soule's team had good days from Tom Brady, Michael Thomas, and Aaron Jones, who all put up over 30 points each, and the Los Angeles Chargers defense, who put up 19 points in a losing effort. Um, and I kind of fucked souls. He probably would have had the most points this week if uh, I did full points for receptions, but Eckler only got you 14, sorry. That's fine. <laughs> um, but the Geis is loose. Uh, just had 25 points from Allen Robinson and 41 points from Philadelphia's defense. And pretty much nothing else from everybody else. Man, what a bummer. Your defense goes off and nothing else. Up next was Roger Dodger, currently losing 96.62 to Eric's expert team, 101.4. Uh, Eric has Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield going, and Roger Dodger has Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, and George Kittle. He's currently trailing five. Could be close. Quick shout-out to Yahoo Fantasy for naming Eric's team for the 100th time. <laughs> and last but not least is Carry On My Wayward Son, Winning 186 to 153 over Hockham Sockham Robots. But he does have Matt Burita going, who's already scored him 22 points. 
Um, so you just need 33 more and points. And if Cleveland's defense continues to look like they are, you might get that. Fingers crossed. Well, there you go. Exciting stuff happening. Big applause back in the what nobody front. What nobody got, though, was that I, I, I made a new clause, though. The top two teams heading into week eight, uh, I go in and make manual trades to the <laughs> bottom two teams. Uh, that's not true. It is. Why? Well, I'm going to do it. Just don't just fucking force a couple losses so that it's Rebecca, and then we're gonna yeah because I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna take Christian McCaffrey and pluck her right out of her team. I'm gonna go ahead and put it right in Takam Sakam Robots team. Oh yeah. Yep. And I'm gonna give her I'm gonna give her Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead. Ooh. Are you the only team that hasn't won yet? I won like... this week, you fucking asshole, <laughs> and I traded away my entire team. So take that mass. I did. made like 37 trades. Go look at the trades. I traded away. I think I traded away like five guys. Yeah, the entire my, my email was basically just trade exception and, and like you know hey you've been proposed by so 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 fun stuff. We gotta make gotta make some changes yeah, when you're down. I, I agree. I you agree. don't make the changes now, you're out of it. That's right. Try smart. Try smart. Hmm? You know, I didn't have I didn't draft a backup quarterback in the the league, not thinking I was going to lose Breeze for several several weeks. Right. And uh, the quarterback roulette game has not been fun. So. I made a trade to get a quarterback I can play. Made a trade to, you know, it cost me one of my better running, my best running back probably. And uh, so I went out and got a different running back, but that cost me my best tight end. So then I went out and got a tight end on a homer trade. There you go. Yep. And then he's going to trade me a nice red cup of Hofbrau. You have a red cup in front of you. Well, I got uh, uh, booze in here. Where'd your Hofbrau go? I never, I never got it. Oh, I sent it around. It's right there. Oh, sorry. My my apologies, Riddler. Hey, souls. It's bad bad mail system over there. All right. So then, what we're gonna do is because we got a lot of NBA talk to get to, and we'll kind of try to keep it uninterrupted as much as possible. We're gonna go to a quick five minute break. Um, we'll give Kendall a second to cue that up there. We'll go to a quick five minute break. When we come back, we're gonna dive into. Well, we'll let souls kind of discuss it at the time. But NBA season is upon us. Um. And then, uh, depending on how much time we have left up, I might talk a little puck and twig action. All right. But I might save that for next week. Because it's still young. A lot of teams haven't even played their second game yet. You ready? I'm ready. All right. We're going we're gonna to take a quick five-minute break. We're going to leave you guys with uh, some Dance With Me by on 112 Radio. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. But we'll be back in about five minutes here on the PPRN Radio Network. And, and now, now back, back to, to getting, getting sports, sports with drunk, drunk on the PPRN Radio, Radio Network. Network. Welcome back to Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your host, is Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by assholes. Yep. Small ones. Do we have a Skype at skyping asshole right now? I think we do. Mock is here. Yeah. All right, Mock, you ready to talk NBA? You know what? Yes. Are you lying? Yes. Fair enough. Souls? What's up? Quick thing, I have a quick shout out. What? Oh. Fucking Kendall, stop making things over there. You know, you know, there's wrestling on the TV, and if I didn't show Rebecca, I would have been crucified. It's true. So she would have looked at me and she like, why didn't you tell me? So I did the right thing. So screw her. Yeah, and her boobs. Yeah, I'll take $44 from anyone who would like to give it to me. <laughs> I have no, $2. your rate went up. It used to be $40. <laughs> well, you know, it's the travel time. <laughs> Anyway, uh, souls. Oh my god. Jesus. 
So quick shout out. Today's my girlfriend Bianca's mom's birthday. Hey. Is she listening? Yeah. Hey. Happy birthday. You. Happy birthday. Are you listening? What are you drinking? Give us a give us a mention on Spreaker. We got the chat open. Spreaker. Hear a dog barking in the background? Yep. <laughs> right on YouTube. That's a marching washable's Doberman Pinscher. Sparky. Huh. All right. Mr. Solis. All right. Today, host of Getting Sports with Drunk, five-time drunky winner. Today, we're going to be going over the is outlook of... I'm sorry, Souls. I just had to know. Is he a five-time drunky winner? We're trying to I... boast him for the shout-out. I didn't know if he was a five-time drunky winner. We're trying, bo- we're trying to boast him. All right. If you have to ask what a drunkie is, it means you haven't won one. I've never won one. I've never won one. That's not true. No, you're one. never going to win one. <laughs> All right, Souls. I'm sorry. Well, can, please continue. No, nope. My train of thought's ruined. You guys know I have a five-second span of what I know I want to say. <laughs> All right, so we're moving on. Let's go back to talking about the NFL. No, no, no. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm I'm All right. So we're, go- we're going over the NBA outlook of this season. We're so gonna what was talk- your bold statement? <laughs> Biden left which will be the new coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. Tomorrow. To be tomorrow. Mark, did you hear that? He kind of cut out. Say it one more time. Byron Leftwich will be the new coach of the Steelers next year. Oh, yeah? My bold statement. We're firing we're, we're firing Tomlin? Yes. All right, so quick question for you guys. I mentioned this in the group chat a while ago. It's not his fault, but... Do you guys remember who, uh, if Souls had said the Red Sox were going to make the playoffs this year? Because I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I haven't gone back to listen okay. to the tape, though. Every... Person would have thought the Red Sox were making the playoffs this year. But you specifically made a shot bet on it. Okay. Here uh, we go. I'll take it right now. Thanks all right. Well, it was, it. it was three more okay, shots. No, I, got so. okay, I know. I'm just saying we have to stay true to the shot bets. Otherwise, the whole thing doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's three more shots. I don't know if you it can doesn't mean anything. Right because now. every time Matt or Mock have to do it, they never do it. Which That's is, not true. Which I do mind. Co- I don't know about all that. I think. Wait, wait, what? The people who really hold true to the shots are Souls and myself and the Riddler. So, as I'm taking a piece of soup right now. You know, I thought for a second he was going to leave me out. <laughs> I was just, like, there's just no reason for him to Mark leave didn't me. didn't say anything, so you know I'm right. I don't back down from my shots. Ty, you can say what you want. And I'm not wrong. Mark, would you start doing more private stock if we made, like, Jack Fire Hot Toddies? Ugh, <laughs> I'll stop doing private stock. <laughs> Jack Fire Hot <okay. laughs> It'll be interesting. I'm kind of into that. No, you're not. <laughs> I've never had one. Uh, I can't really speak on it. But... Just because it's booze doesn't mean you're automatically into it. No. I love that he just jumped. Uh, I'm into that. It sounds good. I like the name Hot Toddy. It has a fun <laughs> name to it. It's tea, right? Hot tea? Hot titty. Hot titty? Oh, my God. That's our Chocolate titties. <laughs> Chocolate. I remember chocolate. That's actually a pretty good mess. I give you credit. No. Good on you. I always hated it. You think he does a good impression. You're marrying that person. <laughs> You're marrying that chocolate wheelchair. Person. That's yeah. That's, that spine of a fish. I remember when Sting came back to the WWE. After watching I was only movie. smoking a cotton of Winston's at the time. All right, quick. Do a Carol Channing. I, I don't have a Carol Channing impersonation. Uh, you've seen who's live. But you know who he does have? <laughs> and we talked about this last week. He does have the Popeye's woman imitation. Yeah. Honey, you better know. There we go. Yes. That was excellent. That was excellent. He <laughs> came right out. Jeff when you need 
Kyle, who's who's your who do you do the best imitation of? Come on, we're doing this now. Do do you, do your best. Uh, I don't uh, know if I have one. impression. Yes, you do. Carol Channing. Yeah, but like I have to do like the fingers, and it's do been the fingers. and it's been bad since. Listen, Trump Nixon rules forever. But I haven't done it well in a while. That's I took a picture funny. of Amelia today wearing a Trump mask. <laughs> How's that? And I got a it was creepy. Here, That's right? what we do. Get, make it with Mike. Souls, oh. what's your what's your uh, what's your stance on the uh, beer drinking policy for the upcoming election? What is the policy? You know, you should all just drink whatever you want. It is a great, great time. You Thank know, you. it's funny being on just the audio side because it sounds like a bad sex phone worker. <laughs> <laughs> Kendall, do you do a good impression? Um, yeah, you do. I don't Come know. on. What, what do I got? I no, mean, you I, doesn't Ken, get Kendall, give me some Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jerry Seinfeld is just kind of What's the matter? <laughs> What's the deal with airline food? <laughs> Kyle, your hair is a mess all the time. What's the deal with it? <laughs> all right, Mark, it's your turn now. I don't. I don't. No, 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 no. You have to do one. Ever well, Paul, you got to end up doing one. Do you have yours lined up? Yeah, I'm doing Marvin the Martian. Right. <laughs> that, that, that is an excellent invitation. Actually, <laughs> this side of the room between Mass and Riddler, they got it down. They they have some like two or three really solid invitations. Jeff's got a few good ones. Jeff's got. Well, I mean, I, well, Jeff, Kendall does, does too. Kendall does Ed from uh, Ed and Nettie pretty well. <laughs> Hello, girly. <laughs> <laughs> Butter toast. <laughs> But, but a good you know, price. Vito does a good Kermit. He also does a good buzz. <laughs> well, he <laughs> is. He is. He is buzz. Come on, Mass. Yeah? Mock. <laughs> I, I don't have... I don't, I'm not an impression guy. Come up with something real quick. Can you do Fozzie the Bear? <laughs> <laughs> hey, boo-boo. That's uh, not fun. That's Yogi that's Bear. Not, I, <laughs> I, heard, I heard a bear. I just wanted to go for it. Hey, Kermit. <laughs> waka hey. waka. Hey, hey boo-boo, you, you want a picnic basket? Come on, Mock, we're not talking any more sports till so you try one. Come on, just try one. Just just pick one and do it. I'm, I'm trying to oh, think some, of one. There's some black fuzz. Give me your Uh-oh, best oh Elmo. Hey, Kermit. You know what's funny, Kyle? <laughs> I was thinking that, but I, I can't go that high-pitched. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kermit, you got those nose beers. <laughs> <laughs> Which color is red? <laughs> you <so> <laughs> Well, Paul, you're actually right. pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> Do the Marvin. Hello, Earthling. <laughs> I'm going to kill you with my B-54 two-space modulator. That's so good. And that's the only imitation I've ever heard anyone do that. Can you do that again <laughs> for me? Hello, Mass. <laughs> Love it. I'm going to kill you with shoving beer up your anus and my <laughs> B-54 two-space modulator. I you love it. For you ignoramuses out there who have never seen... Marvin the Martian is the referee in the uh, NBA Final Classic Space Jam. Hey, Mark, give me your best Papa John. <laughs> Papa John Schnatter. I only learned the other day why <laughs> Marvin the Martian was the referee. Really? I, it never, I your never childhood clicked. sucked. No, no, no. I've seen the movie a thousand times. It just never clicked for me I'm why he was saying your childhood wasn't very good. No. Kyle, why was he the referee then? Why? Because he didn't care. No. Because he, <laughs> he didn't care. Yeah. That's a perfect character. Please enlighten us. Uh, Marvin is both a toon and an alien, so he has no particular weight either way. I think this, just was written, said, this was written like in a forum somewhere. I said it <laughs> in a I non- don't care who means. <laughs> I don't. I'd, I'd bet money he read that on Reddit. <laughs> I, 
I'm both a bug supporter. It might have actually been in, on movie details. I'm not sure. <laughs> Matt's is that like classic movie conspiracy? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, no, there's a subreddit called. Matt, he can tell us unknown facts about Space Jam, but he's never seen Our Stars <laughs> Go to Heaven. He is not, and he probably never will. You're All right, missing out. It's that's it. Movie. All right, so All right, Mark gonna, hasn't done a. We got it. It's, it's right here. Okay, this is we're going with this, and we're sticking with it. Okay. Mock, good or bad, doesn't matter. Just give us your best Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck. He's gonna have to go Google a line from Daffy real quick. Well, I'm trying. I always get him confused with Donald, Donald Duck. Uh, beat me to it. Yep. <laughs> Oh, pretty good. Both pretty good. Daffy has a lot of spit. Well, I mean, Donald Duck is not a good voice. It's just like a high pitch. It's painful. It's like, fucking nails on a chalkboard. Pick one. Come on, man. Just pick anything. Listen, I don't like this game. I don't care. Right. Do it. Duck season. Fire. <laughs> All right, fine. What if you give us like an Elmer Fudd? <laughs> <laughs> anybody, anyone, anybody can do Elmer Fudd. <laughs> fine, okay, fine, perfect. We'll stick in that category. Give us an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, that's everybody perfect. Can, everybody can do that. Come on. Hmm. No one can see you, but we all know exactly I what you look like while you're it. <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah, just I'll be back. Nothing bad. With that's, what I, that's what I picture a Czech Arnold Schwarzenegger sounding like. That's see, it's perfect. Decent, very decent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honey, you better know. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I'll never Warms forget. my heart. Well, Kendall, was, Kendall was buzzed the first time Mass did that. And I thought I thought we were going to say Kendall the emergency room because he was laughing so hard. It was so uh, hard. It was purple so in the face. There was beer coming out of his nose. Oh, it was, like, it was just, perfect. I mean, the only time I ever think he laughed harder than that was when he just saw pancakes fall out of the sky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's very few moments in which we relive, and I think you know, pancakes falling from the sky and Mass doing, uh, "Honey, you better know" for the first time, or uh, when Mass grilled the uh, the meat deluxe sandwich yeah. on a coffee table. Yeah. Was it even a sandwich? I, it was really just. Meat. I don't. Th- I yeah. I think it wasn't a sandwich. I think it was just. Meat. I think it was an open faced heart attack. <laughs> All right, souls. Yeah. Oh man, Matt Burrito with a nice 15 yard run. Kendall, you might not be out of this, dude. Couple bonuses, maybe another couple I mean, scores. Oh, that was in Brita, though. Uh, what's Brita's number? Twenty-two. Uh, but still, still, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yeah, that, actually, he's he's out for the game. Just said. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. There's more, more. If he could be out for the next two weeks, that'd be great. Souls. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if we're doing this. What so. impressions can you do? I'm not answering that question. I have one. You have seven. It's Trump Nixon. But Trump Nixon's good. It's, it's just funny it's, to hear him say it. It's technically two impressions. Nah. Because you got the voice of Trump and you got the you know the physical of Nixon. I'm not a crook. So <laughs> <laughs> what other impersonations can you do? I don't have any. Can you do the impersonation of somebody who wants to do a basketball segment? Well, at this rate, it's not going to get done. Oh, we'll do it. Oh, guys. shut having, your fucking listen, whore mouth. We're having fun. Just do I, it. I, we're interested. I'm interested anyway. I really don't have it. Oh, any. I'm sad now. Next okay, man. Kyle, let's talk basketball. I want to talk basketball. Don't take your headphones off. That was funny, Mark. <laughs> Come on, souls. Say it. You guys are the ones doing it. What? What? Since when? This is Since your now. segment. Do it. Come on. I keep getting interrupted, so. 
right. Are we really doing this butthurt thing right now? So okay, anyways, fine. So, so then I guess I guess I'll just take the run on it. So Kyle, uh, we'll just forget it. It's fine. <laughs> so we're gonna we were. It was Souls' original idea. Um, I guess I'll just take the run on it though. We're gonna do an NBA breakdown like for the upcoming season. Um, it's gonna be a little bit more difficult now, but so we're gonna do. Kind of like just kind of talk about the upcoming season. Um, we could talk about expectations. We could talk about um, potential starters. Kind of whatever run run of the mill type of shit. It doesn't have to be you know. There's no blueprint per team, but um, yeah, just kind of around that type of thing. Like mostly kind of like where you see them going for the season. You know what you make of the roster. You know what, what you think their max potential could be. Type of deal. Now, could you guys kind of give us you know between you know you because you guys both the computers up. Um, Kind of like with the the top, they're, they're starting five, and like with the, I have I have the projected starting lineups for every team. Okay, that'd be great. And then I have their depth charts too, in case we need to get into that. So we'll just start out in the the East or the Atlantic Division, I guess it's technically called. Is that really what's called? I always get fucked up with the divisions in basketball because they're fucking weird. I think it's, I think it's the East is Atlantic, Central, and. Southeast. You know, it's funny. Basketball is the only sport. Like the the divisions is like why it means nothing. It, yeah. It, why and then out west, I believe it's useless. At west, I believe it's it's Pacific, southwestern, and northern. Maybe. Now, real quick, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to digress much more. But the NHL, it's it's very similar names, though, is it not? Do they do? Is it Atlantic NHL? Like Atlantic yeah. uh, Pacific. But no, there's there's one for like you know where the the uh, penguins are in and uh, metropolitan. That's it. Yeah. The, 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 what the, the fuck is that? Washington kind of is in that right? The metropolitan, which I mean is a fine name, I guess. Whatever. But it dates back to some older shit. Yeah. But all right, so we'll start. We'll start out in the. We'll start in the northeast. We'll, we'll start with the Boston Celtics. So the Boston Celtics. Um, oh, sorry. You, you mean know? the USA Celtics? USA Celtics. <laughs> uh, That's what the internet tells me, anyway. You dog. Hold on, I wanted to pull one more piece of information up. Kendall, tell me about your uh, first car. First car? Well, my first car was the Boston Celtics, a team that I very much hated. Um, but it's interesting going into the 2019-2020 uh, season. No more Al Horford. Uh, Kyle Souls, one of uh, a very disliked player of his. Uh, no more Kyrie Irving who has gone on to greener pastures. Uh, but what the Celtics have gathered on is uh, a, a guy with it by the name of uh, K.W., Mr. Kemba Walker, playing in uh, an area where he went to college. It's pretty cool. So he, he probably knows where the best place to get burritos and uh, a good place to get a, a margarita. I want a burrito. Time. Burrito would be good. All right, but so- he would know better than us. So we'll start with the Boston Celtics. They finished last season at 49-33, and 33, good enough for fourth place in the Eastern Conference. Um, as mentioned, they did lose Harry Irving, Yep. Um, but they did acquire Kemba Walker via trade, um, and they also lost Al Horford through free agency. A-H. So the projected starting lineup for the 2019 season, 2019-2020 season is Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Ennis Cantor. Um, another, another addition with Ennis Cantor. Right there. Hmm? And it's Cantor, another addition to yep. that, uh, that squad. Also there. a WWE 24-7 champ. Also very true. Nice mention. You're welcome. Anything for Forgot you. about that. <laughs> I think uh, DJ Marshmallow is the owner right now. If you guys are following yeah. WWE, you can correct but, me if I'm wrong. But then uh, notable uh, notable backups are, are uh, bench guys, whatever you want to call them. 
Uh, Daniel Feast does provide some life off the bench for them. And uh, Marcus Smart, one of the best best perimeter defenders in the game. Smart, as of being there you know, prior, you're drafted by them, correct? Um, well, I'm not sure if he was drafted by yes, them. Yes, he was. I, I thought he was. I don't know. He's, Kyle, was he a five-year <coughs> guy now? Sorry, guys. Four. They picked up his option. So, I mean, all in all, the team, for the most part, relatively kind of stayed the same on, with the exception of they they took, you know, to I think the regular NBA eye to the, the, the average viewer and analysis a step backwards at the point guard position. Not much backwards, but backwards nonetheless. And definitely took a step backwards at the center position. Yeah. Um... I mean, me personally, the East being so weak as it is, I definitely still see them as a playoff team. Um, you did mention the USA Celtics, in which you know a lot of the youth from the Celtics played on Team USA this summer, but they didn't really look great. I don't know how much I really want to read into that, into what it's going to transfer transfer into the season. You know, it's it's just different. It's it's odd. But you'd think that it would be the same all around, but it's not. What NBA plays versus you know Olympic basketball plays is a totally different you know game yeah. altogether. I still think they're good enough to make the playoffs by a long shot, and I could still see them being like a mid pack. They'll probably drop a couple seeds, maybe like a six seed. I was going to say that. Where were they? Where did they sit last year? Four. Four. So Four. That, that's fair. You look at the teams in the East. Milwaukee relatively stayed the same. Toronto obviously took a step back. Philadelphia kind of we'll, we'll call it improved. To an extent, they're kind of like they kind of even parred. Like what they lost, they, you know, they didn't get back what they lost, but they got better in different categories. So it's not like they really like they kind of. I'll call it even keel. We'll get to all that stuff. But like, you got Indiana's going to get their guy back. Brooklyn acquired, yeah. you know, and, and you know. So well, it's interesting too, and I mean, you guys could speak, you know, you know, Riddler and Souls could speak on this because though NBA, you got the teams that have played is always standard. Is there at all something that exists where, you know, hey, your schedule matters, where, where, where you play certain teams at certain times? And teams, the NFL is the only time where that seems really, you know, way heavy on how your season's going well, to go. In the, in the NBA, it's, it's just the Eastern Conference games matter more than the Western Conference games. But not really. But it doesn't matter, like, at what time you're it's playing. It's not really, because it's, it, it's just the Eastern Conference, your divisions don't mean anything, so it's just the top eight teams in each conference. So really your overall record means more than your con- – I mean, conference wins and division wins, they mean something when you get down to the absolute annals of tiebreakers. But for the most part, your overall record, every game is important. Of course. I was just, I was just kind of curious. The Celtics got a lot smaller, a lot weaker defensively. I think they're going to struggle very much so in the beginning of the year. Now, where do you think that kind of – with what you're saying there, how much of that stacks up um, – in, in division play, I guess is what I'm asking. I mean, we can get into those other teams too, but that, I mean, that, that's a, a very serious point that you're making. So well, yeah, well, Ennis Cantor now instead of Al Horford being the one guarding Joel Embiid, Tennis Cantor. Okay, who's not even in the same league defensively. Sure, for sure. It's the same with you know the Pacers. Miles Turner's better offensively than Ennis Cantor defensively. Yeah. I, I agree. Jalen Brown's got to cover the four. He's only six seven, six eight, and he's skinny. Tatum's playing the four. 
He's still a smaller four. No, I'm just saying. So it's just going to be a lot of... They're going to get out-rebounded a lot. They're also much faster now, though. Yeah. Much faster. So not that it matters, but... They're much faster, and their team is not... They they don't have a... There's no, like, give up on the team. Kemba plays with a lot of heart. Ennis Cantor plays with a lot of heart. The young guys play with a lot of heart because they still have stuff to prove. Not that O'Horford doesn't play with a lot of heart, but, like, you see a little bit of that, like, you know, kind of like the young guys got it type of thing, the slower rotations, you know. Kyrie Irving, we've seen him give up on defensive plays in the past. Not all the time, you know, not by any stretch of the imagination. He's a lackluster player, but, you know, but they've gotten faster and they've got they've got more heart now. And, and you know, and now for the first time, even with still a decent roster, they're, they're, they have a much more underdog mentality. And they definitely, the one thing that they definitely are, have improved on is they have a locker room leader now. They don't have to rely on a young guy to be the locker room leader. Because Kyrie Irving is not a locker room leader. Yeah. It's not the type of person he is. He's, there's nothing against Kyrie Irving. He's not a bad person. He's just not a, he's not a vocal person. He's not and, an outspoken. Yeah, and that exists he's not everything. a rah-rah guy. Kemba Walker is a rah-rah guy. Kemba Walker's been doing it since he won titles at UConn. He's always been the underdog his entire career. And now he's on a team that kind of is an underdog in terms of the powerhouses of the Eastern Conference. So the whole team kind of has something to prove. And he can be that mentor and leader for all these young guys and kind of be the centerpiece for all that stuff. And you have the veteran guy in Ennis Cantor. You know, you, you know you, you, at least they didn't go out and lose veterans. Right. That's the thing. They lost some veterans, but they brought other veterans in. They didn't go out and just get completely young and become a ridiculously young team because there is still enough talent on this team to contend for an Eastern Conference Finals. Right. And just real quick, to go back to what you're saying about Kemba Walker, I think there's a certain degree – of having that sort of, you know, bravado, you know, that, that oomph of, you know, hey, I played in UConn, you know, like, you know, hey, I'm kind of back in my home territory-ish, if you will, that you want to bring even more than you, you had already. Um, it would be the same, like, you know, like, hey, we made it big on the radio. We went back to uh, to Willimantic and got on the, the, the radio station there, the FM station there that was that was big. It's kind of that same thing. You want to bring that same intensity. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And, the other thing, oh, I had something else I wanted to say about it too, but I forgot what it was. Oh, they have the the, the nice thing too is, is in their back pocket they have the best head coach in basketball, which is always a good thing to have. Yep. And we could be seeing something. We could be talking completely different about the Boston Celtics team because they are there are rumors of them trying to make a, a a move for a power forward of a Blake Griffin caliber type player or, or someone in that realm using the youth they have as bait for that. Yeah, it'd be interesting. So, you know, you maybe sacrifice two young guys and some draft picks for for somebody that can help you because they're still in win mode now mentality. There's definitely they're definitely not a rebuild. You know, it's not that's not what the route they're going. So so we'll move on. We'll stay we'll stick within the division and we'll move on to the Toronto Raptors last year, as we know, NBA champs. 58 and 24 for second in the Eastern Conference. Uh, obviously, the big takeaway from their offseason was the loss of um, the funny guy, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, the projected starting lineup for the 2019 season is Kyle Lowry and Powell in the backcourt with um, an oh, I can never pronounce his name, Anui Boy, and Siakam at the forward position of Marcus All in the center. 
Um, so, yeah. Their problem was they waited way too long on Kawhi Leonard's decision. So who, who, They also lost Danny Green, too, which is a very notable thing, because Danny Green, he never fit in offensively in Toronto, but he's, but it doesn't matter how well you fit in in an offensive scheme. Defensive, playing playing defense, especially perimeter defense, like he does so well, it's a one-man show. It, it, you don't need you don't need to rely on the rest of your team to play the defense on your guy. Right. Well, my question, real quick, is: Can you fault a star caliber, excuse me, star caliber player on your organization by his indecision? I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of a gray area. No, I just think they should have made a move sooner. Like, they, if they had a feeling that he was going to leave, just go another route. But I like, but and I don't, I don't mean to be like an asshole here like but but like what if like something it's, things it, didn't turn out the way it's they easy did. to play hindsight of course a situation course. like that cuz on the flip side is if Kawhi you know if Kawhi had left and said you know oh I didn't stay because they went out and got x y and z you know so it kind of showed that they were they were ready to move on without me so I decided to leave they'd be shooting themselves in the foot and they'd be called a dumb organization you know, for for not waiting for somebody of Kawhi Leonard, right. it's it's a hindsight thing. You're in the heat of the moment. You, you know, you, you you had the chance if if you could convince him to stay in Toronto, you had the chance to keep a NBA Finals roster relatively together. Um, they do have some depth. They still have Fred VanVleet, you know, who's a good bench spark guy, and Patrick McCaw. They also got Stanley Johnson, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, and Serge Ibaka. So I mean, you know, they have a they have a Backup starting, you know, they have a bench five that could beat the Suns five. So, I mean, they got depth. They can still be a playoff team. I, 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 I yeah, they're 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 still a playoff team. They're I, just lower seed now. Yeah, they're definitely a lower seed now. It's six to eight. I don't think it'll be that low. I just we saw so much growth from Pascal Siakam, but I think he'll shine in the limelight. I don't think he's going to be hindered by it. Part of that's mostly what I was saying. I was going to say, like, can he continue to rise? I do, and I, and I think that he, I think that he's the perfect, like, counterpart to uh, to Kyle Lowry. Will he be an All Star this year? Yes. Probably. Real quick, just um, age range for Siakam. It's like twenty three, twenty four. So it's still kind of in, in really oh extremely great, young greatness of his career. Of course, he hasn't even hit his stride yet. Well, that, that's a team that has a lot of a lot of upside. I think. And they have Patrick McCall, right? Yeah. So, yeah, who wins championships <laughs> wherever he goes? He's like he's like Garrett Blount of the NBA. I, I just think, <laughs> I just think that te- this team Lion next year. Nah, I think I think people are discrediting what this team still has. Yes, they do not have Kawhi, and that is a huge piece. Are they a favorite to repeat as champions? No. Are they a favorite to even go back to the finals? No. Probably not even a favorite to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I think that a lot of people are really sleeping on this team and still being a mid to like higher end mid seating. I think I could still see them finishing out in the the, the five four seed range. Still a lot of talent on that team. A lot of it is you know this is for the first time we're going to have to see a not proven on his own star in Siakam, and we're going to have we're going to see. We're going to have to see what Kyle Lowry can do with a not guaranteed all-star performance from a shooting guard or small forward position. You know, he's had DeRozan his whole life, and when he lost DeRozan, he got Kawhi. Now it's Siakam. 
But like I said, the depth there is still very good. Marcus Gasol, yes, he's old, but defensive tenacity can, and can still stretch the floor. Serge Ibaka can stretch the floor, plays with a lot of heart. Patrick McCaw is still young and hungry. Fred VanVleet plays with a lot of energy off the bench. There's there's a lot of depth there. There's a lot of depth, and especially if the if the Raptors can stay healthy, they can put out a a decent lineup. No matter whether they go small, big, bench, starter, mix, combo, whatever you want to do, they can put out a decent lineup on the floor at all times, which a lot of teams can't say. Yeah, a lot of teams cannot do that. There's a lot of there's there's you know there's six or seven teams in the NBA that have that don't even have a strong starting five, <laughs> and to have a good backup five, it's, it's says big, something. It's says something to your team. organization. Yeah. And they also have a very good head coach. They're gonna, you're going to see a lot of Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lauer together instead of Norman Powell. He's just going to be the guy that starts and plays about 15, 18 minutes a night. Well, they're going to pack that crowd big time. Moving on, we're going to... Canada love their basketball team, so oh, yeah. they'll be sold out. Yeah. Moving on to the Brooklyn Nets. They finished 42-40 and 40 next uh, last year. Uh, good enough for the sixth seed in the East. Uh, notable off-season transactions. They traded... Uh, D'Angelo Russell to the Golden State Warriors, but they did acquire Kyrie Irving via free agency and DeAndre Jordan via trade, I believe, or was a free agency. I think he signed. So they acquired, it was a buyout, right? Contract buyout or something? Or no, he was a free agent with the Knicks. So they acquired DeAndre Jordan and Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Irving via free agency. They also acquired Kevin Durant, who will not suit up for this season. But he's there. So, well, yeah, he's there, but I mean. It's, it's a presence. It, 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 they're. It turned their layout for this season. That's it. Right, right. I think they also they got a Sabaro too inside the uh, the pizzeria. The, yeah, in uh in their stadium. Yeah. They also have a Popeyes. Figured they get more laughs out of Sabaro, but they also uh, have a Popeyes. <laughs> they also have a Popeyes. <laughs> laugh, damn it, laugh. <laughs> no, I want them to do the damn impression. How do you better know? There you go. <laughs> um. So yeah. So you're projected. Starting lineup for the Brooklyn Nets for this coming season. Uh, Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert in the backcourt. Torian Prince and uh, Rodinus Krukas <laughs> at the forward positions and DeAndre Jordan at the center. I don't know how much truth there is to that. Um, I-, I think that DeAndre Jordan is going to be a bench guy. I think Jer- I think that Jarrett Allen is going to is going to hold down his starting position. Do you think um, there's any possibility of him playing the floor? I don't think he can stretch the floor enough. I don't think he can stretch the floor enough, and I don't think he's got. An, I think he's got good footwork, but he doesn't have the speed to keep up with the fours in the NBA. What, what's the age of uh, Jordan now? Andrew Jordan's thirty. He's in his one thirty-two, younger thirties. But so the twilight Vet. of that position, you know. Well, it, the twilight for the center position different from the twilight of like a shooting guard. And plus, you also have to oh, remember. Of course, I was just well, plus of... the twilight for a player like him, it's also a much shorter span because. As gr- as great as it is to be a dominant physical center in the NBA, if you're not fast anymore, like a lot of people like to make this reference, and it might be a dark horse statement, but I don't know how great Shaq would be in today's NBA because I don't he wouldn't have the speed to cover these Nurkics and and Jokics and, and beads. These guys that can you know stretch the three, pump fake, and take two take a euro step from the three point line in for a layup. You know, like that, that's the I, I don't know. And DeAndre Jordan's not quick. He's got a lot of reach, plays a lot of heart. He's a tenacious rebounder. He's a great shot blocker. He's good at what he is. What I think, I think this team has a lot of potential without Kevin Durant, and the reason for that is I think that Kyrie Irving 
is going to be a great rub-off for Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie. I think that Kevin Durant, especially because he's not playing and can kind of always be the kind of like the coach for those guys, can be a big deal for people like Joe Harris and Garrett Temple and Torian Prince. And then Jared Allen, J- Jordan can be that guy for Jared Allen. I mean, Jared Allen's really not that different of a player from Jordan. Plays with a lot of heart, blocks a lot of shots, gets a lot of rebounds. And if you feature him in the offense, can put up points, but no guarantees type of deal. It, it, I wonder if Breida got out, because I haven't seen him run since the first quarter. He's ran a couple times. He was in the, they, they sat him. They split but, carries. I, I mean, you have a, you have a lot of... You have a lot of veteran leadership on this team now, a team that was very young last year. You have a lot of postseason experience on this team, and you have a lot of championship experience on this team, finals experience. I mean, you figure between between Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you're talking seven NBA finals? Uh, Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Seven, <laughs> Kevin, seven or eight. Kevin Durant won two and lost one. Well, he didn't really play, but lost one, right? Because so, he was only in the Warriors for three years or four? Three. Three. So, one, two, and lost one. Kyrie won one. Lost three to eight. I think he lost three. No. Did he lose three? I think so, because I think it was the Warriors cat for four years, right? Well, Kevin Durant also went as a Thunder. Kevin Durant went, went as a Thunder when they lost to the... Uh, Celtics? I don't remember. Heat? I think I it was the Heat. I don't, think anybody from, I don't think anybody besides the Cavs, Heat, or Celtics have won the NBA Finals <laughs> for the past 40 years. I don't know who it was. I think it was the Heat. What's like the, the very, I think yeah, it was, it was. It was the Heat's first. It was the Heat's first one. Yeah. Yeah, because they lost to the Mavericks. They beat the Thunder. They beat the Spurs. Lost to the Spurs. That's what it was. It was, yeah, it was the LeBron James Miami Heat. But nonetheless... A lot of championship pedigree, veteran leadership, postseason, you know, because D'Angelo Russell, as much as he was a leader for that team and playing out of his fucking mind last year. He's only 24. And doesn't have any postseason, you know, doesn't have any postseason stuff. Plus, they finished what? They finished six, so they went up against the Sixers, right? In the first round? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, not that the Sixers have a plethora of championship pedigree and knowledge of the team, but they're just significantly better talent wise. Right, of course. So. That team is going to be. I have high expectations for the Brooklyn Nets in terms of the way they finish the season, not for a postseason run. I think that they could. I think they have. I think their ceiling is a three seed. I think their expectation is a five seed. The reality is a five seed, and I think at worst case scenario, they're a seven seed. I think they're a playoff team no matter what. Um, I think I, they might struggle to start the year. I think no matter what, though. I think that they're a first-round exit. Just because the, the, the they just inexperience. It's not no. They have tons of postseason experience, and all the young guys have experience now because well, they played in the series and they played in a hard grit series. The thing is, is I just there's just not enough. I don't know if there's enough talent there yet. Well, well I guess I pose the question: Is you know inexperience versus other teams' experience? Well, it depends who they play, though. Because again, if this Brooklyn Nets team finishes in a matchup where they end up going against the 76ers, the Nets have far the, – the people – the starting five for the Nets will have far more cha- playoffs experience than the Sixers will. I mean, the Sixers' most experienced playoff guy is – Al Horford. Yeah, it's Al Horford now, right? Mm-hmm. 
You played a lot of time with the Hawks. I love that's how it ended up, you know, Kyle. <laughs> it's so funny. I love them. But even that, though, it was a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of round one, round two exits. Mm-hmm. You know, Al Horford, you know, they weren't making, you know, headway into the Eastern Conference Championship regularly. No. So, you know, but Kyrie Irving has been to the big dance at least three or four times. And, you know, DeAndre Jordan has had a lot of early exits, but has been in the dance a lot. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Durant gives that insight. You know, he doesn't, you don't have to play to give knowledge. So, all right. So, Moving on, we'll move on to the Philadelphia 76ers, who finished 51-31 and 31 last year, good enough for third in the Eastern Conference. They lost in the semifinals, Eastern yeah. Conference semis, to the Raptors, right? Game um, seven. Yeah, game seven on the Kawhi uh, bounce-around buzzer beater. Um, key losses this year, they lost Boban, so they're obviously not a playoff team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, they lost Boban, they lost Jimmy Butler, and the biggest loss was T.J. McConnell. Um, but additions, they got Al Horford and Josh Richardson, and Josh Richardson in the trade for Jimmy Butler. They added a lot of defense. Their shooting is going to be a little rough. Well, can't be much more rough than it was last year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, J.J. Redick too. That's yeah. that's the big one. They lost J.J. Redick, who defensively, who gives a shit, but the guy could launch he- it against anybody except for the Miami Heat. <sighs> I knew he was going to say that. It's true. But Josh Richardson can shoot the ball still. He's not terrible. You know, they got... You can't pee, Kendall. I must. No. Just hold it. I can't. It's a mind game. Sorry, Kyle. Go ahead. Mind. So I think Richardson is a much younger version of Jimmy Butler. Like, he's not the, the scorer that Jimmy Butler is, but, like, he's typically the same player, if that makes any sense. Yeah. The projected starting lineup for the Sixers day one will be Ben Simmons and Josh Richardson in the backcourt with Tobias Harris and Al Horford at the forward positions, Joel Embiid at center. And then uh, notable backups for them are Mike Scott, who played very well for them last year, especially in the playoffs. Um, They still have uh, Jonah Bolden, the big nose fucker, who just energy off the bench, Mm -hmm. really what you want. You want guys that are going to run. Um, you, and Kyle O'Quinn, who you did not have last year, right? That was a pickup? Or did yeah, you ha- you they had signed him? him this year. Yeah, so which adds some shooting from the, the bench, yeah. especially from the big man position. And they got Trey Burke. And they got Trey Burke and Zahari Smith as well, James Ennis. So th- there is depth there, but like you said, they, they tried to improve defensively. That's all they focused on. The shooting will come eventually, but the defense is where they wanted to work on, and I think they did. In a drastic way. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think their ceiling is the one seed. I think realistic expectations for them would be a two to three. Mm-hmm. And I think worst case scenario, they could, if they if they have, if they hit some dry spells, they could finish five. I don't see them, I can't see them finishing worse than five. Especially in the Eastern Conference. The they're very, they're a very talented team. It's just a matter of getting everybody to Seeing if if it clicks, because you got some new faces there. You got a lot of well, and injuries. Yeah, injuries are gonna be a big part. Every game Joel Embiid misses, you're more likely to lose than win that game. Yeah. Um. I mean, it, and so with that being said, it's also we're also gonna need to see the what we're gonna need to see some the take takeover capabilities from Ben Simmons. We're gonna need him to become. That guy, you know, when, when 
Joel Embiid, because and the thing is, in the NBA, it's still popular for people to rest. So, but you know, we're going to need to see if if he can be that guy when he's not there. We need to see if he can be that 35, 40 point guy, the triple double guy, all that stuff. I don't think he'll ever be the thirty five point guy. He has the, but he has the gift. Oh yeah, to do it. But I think he, I think he'll be like a twenty five, ten guy. Because he loved passing the ball. He's got the big men to imagine, do it now. Imagine if you guys had, like, two good shooters. I know. He'd have, like, 20 assists a game. God, Goldness again, Jesus. All right, moving on to wrap up the uh, Atlantic Division of the New York Knicks. They finished 17-65 and 65 last year, uh, which I believe was good enough for... The worst record in basketball. Was it? the? Yeah, right. Yep. Last in the Eastern Conference, 43 games out of first. Um, their projected starting lineup for week one is a garbage can, a dumpster, Kevin Knox, <laughs> a stinky garbage can. No, um, a lot of power forwards. Yeah. Um, their projected starting lineup is going to be rookie R.J. Barrett and Dennis Smith Jr. in the backcourt with Kevin Knox and Julius Randle at the four position and Mitchell Robinson uh, holding down the four at the center. Notable backups, uh, Reggie Bullock, Bobby Portis, uh, Taj Gibson, Marcus Morris, Alfred Payton. There's spark off the bench, but former, nobody that's going to take over a game. Some former Bears. Uh, Bears. Yep. Bulls there. Yeah, it's the New York Bulls. <laughs> they are. They they will be better than last year. It's a better roster. And just. If you're a New York Knicks fan, that's not what you want to see on your team. For my, for me, the biggest takeaway from this is that I think that this, this move by Bobby Portis, um, is going to kind of cement his forever role as a backup power forward in the NBA. There's, there's no room for him to grow here, because the best, the the best part of their front court is Julius Randle, and that's that's not going to change. I mean, Portis can play some center, but I, I just. He's not big enough. I don't see him making much of a difference, and I think this is going to really hinder his game. There's not really much to talk about with the Knicks. They're, they, they might be better. They might be a 21-25 win team. Uh, They're going to go out and play with a lot of energy. They'll do a lot of energy up, guys. Yeah, I mean, be- best case scenario. Just, just a lot of guys that haven't got it done. Best case scenario for them is to finish with uh, on the the low percentage lottery pick. Expectations is for them to finish thirteenth, fourteenth yeah. in the division in the conference. Well, you know, it's interesting. Worst it, case scenario, they finish last in the NBA. And, and perhaps it's the only team that this holds true to. No matter what the Knicks do, that stadium will always be full, and it will always yeah. always pack. And, and you know, it just it well, just it's how New it York, is. Though. I mean, and but the thing is, though, is and I think a lot of Knicks fans could attest to this. A lot of people go there because there's so many people that live in New York from all over the country. A lot of people go there because it's they get to see their team play there. People right. go to Madison Square Garden. I mean, I, when I was growing up, I went to Madison Square Garden because it's the it was the easiest chance for me to see the Bulls. For sure, right? Um, it just it's it's interesting that I think this is the only place, the only team. Mark, don't yawn, don't yawn. I can yawn. No, you can't. That that I think that statement will hold true too. All right, so let's move on. We're, we got to speed this up. Start speeding this up a little bit. The Milwaukee Bucks last year finished sixty and twenty-two for the best record in basketball. Um, ended up losing in the Eastern Conference Finals to the eventual winner championship, uh, Toronto Raptors. Um, 
starting projected starting lineup for the beginning of the season is Eric Bledsoe and Wesley Matthews in the backcourt with Chris Middleton and Giannis at the forward positions and Brooke Lopez holding down the center. Um, I think the, the big loss for the year would be... Um, Malcolm Brogdon. Mal- yeah, I always mix him and Bogdanovich up. Malcolm Brogdon, that was a big loss for them, but they do have George Hill, uh, Pat Connington, uh, Ilya Sova. They had added Robin Lopez, who gives a lot of fire off the, the bench, and they, and they have Kyle Korver. So they added some shooting, you know... They added, you know, they added a lot of guys that can eat some minutes here and there and do some stuff. So, so the Bucks basically traded Malcolm Brogdon for Wesley Matthews. They, you know, Matthews was a pacer at the end of the last year. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the same player in the concept of shooting, but Brogdon brings more defense, and that's where that's going to hurt the Bucks. I think they're going to be a similar team as last year. But I do think that they fall to be like a two or three seed instead of the one. But it, it's really Giannis that everybody needs to watch because, you know, he's going out of his way to talk to Corver about shooting. And if that comes into reality, that's a scary, scary thing for the NBA. So the way we see the Bucks going into the 20-2019 season um, – do you, you know, Souls Riddler, you feel that this is not an upgrade per se, but you think this is kind of a positive move that the you know, adjustments that have been made and, and what and how it will impact? They didn't get worse. Yeah, but I guess I'm kind of asking, how, how, is, how will they impact that, that conference? They didn't get worse. They didn't get better. They kind of made lateral moves. Time will tell if, if chemistry can come right out of the gate for these new guys. Because overall, their they're starting five, with the exception of Wesley Matthews, is the same. Yep. You know, and the bench guys, you know, these bench guys are bench guys. They have been for a while. They know their role. You know, one nice thing is is you're going to get situations where you're going to go big and Giannis is going to play the three and you're going to have Brooke at the four and Robin at the five. You automatically know you're going to have that chemistry from your two bigs down low. You know, and if Giannis can develop that three-point or somewhat of a three-point shot, even if it's a 25% three-point shot, you know, it makes things super scary because it's a team that can stretch the floor deep already without Giannis shooting the three. Um, I mean, I, I still think that their ceiling is the one seed. I think that they could still very easily be the favorite to be the one seed going into this season. I think their low expectations are kind of, they kind of have the same ceilings, reality, and basements as the Sixers. You know, highs being one, low being five. Reality for them probably a little higher because they are the the reigning best record in NBA, and they didn't. You know, the the next two teams behind them took significant decreases in their rosters, so they're still kind of the top dogs. You know, but between I'm talking overall NBA and Golden State right, and course. Toronto. You know, they took significant roster bumps. So we'll see. Yeah, it's very interesting. But I think the, I think the ceiling for them is still a one, and I think the reality could be a two. You know, it's a, it's and the only I think the only team that has the firepower and the speed and the size to c- compete with them for the one is the Sixers. Yeah, very much agreed. Don't, don't act like you uh, fucking agreed. Uh, you didn't know, understand a word I said. You speak English? No, that was mostly Spanish, I believe. Uh, but yeah, a team, a team that basically just for them to be not a disappointment, just to kind of be in the realm of where they were last year. 
and I think that's how. Well, it's we... going to be hard to repeat exactly what they did last well, year. Well, of course, but I mean, to be in the realm, even if they're, you know, we'll call it five or six wins short of where they were, I think it's still a, a huge benefit of theirs. All right, we're going to move on to the Indiana Pacers. They finished 48 and 34, which was best for fifth in the East last year. Um, big notable offseason was they got Brogdon, and they're going to have Oladipo back. And they picked up TJ Warren. And they picked up TJ Warren. The projected starting lineup is uh, Brogdon and Oladipo in the backcourt with Sabonis and Warren at the forward positions and Miles Turner holding down the forward at center. Notable backups situations. Um, they managed, they also went out and got Jeremy Lamb. And they do have Justin Holiday, but really they're, they're, they're a very top heavy team. They also have TJ. Yeah, but they're a very top-heavy team. If they can, if they can stay healthy, they'll be a very good team. The addition of Brogdon alone makes them better defensively with Oladipo in the backcourt. Two of probably the two of the top five best perimeter defenders in the game. You think Oladipo is a top five perimeter defender in the game? Yeah. That'd be a different discussion. In my opinion, real quick. And, um, I disagree, but we can talk about that another time. Just, so we got to move on. I mean, I, I've never been a big Oladipo fan. I get it. I get it. He, he, I, coming off an injury, I don't think he'll return to any excellent form that you know as viewed he did have. I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't see that. I just. What do you mean as viewed? He he did have excellent form. He, it wasn't listen, viewed; it was proven. Well, he had he had good numbers. I don't think we'll see those numbers again. That's my opinion. It doesn't mean I, I'm going off a basis as a guy as a casual fan, and I just don't see. I don't feel like we'll see those numbers again. And that's well. The nice thing is that the addition of Brogdon, they don't have to see those numbers again. Well, yeah, you're right. Perhaps not. And they replaced Bogdanovich with Warren, which is pretty much the same player. So we'll see. Very intriguing. Moving on to the Detroit Pistons, they finished forty-one and forty-one for eighth seed in the East last year. Um, their biggest off-season acquisition was Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose and Tony Snell. Who? Uh, their projected no starting lineup. The projected starting lineup for the start of the season is Reggie Jackson and Bruce Brown in the backcourts with Tony Snell and Blake Griffin at the forward positions and Andre Drummond holding down fort at the center. And as mentioned, uh, notable backups include Luke Kenner, Derek Rose, Markeith Morris, Thon Maker, and Big Three MVP Joe Johnson. <laughs> they uh, they could be a six-five seed. Plus, they also have Langston Galloway, too. I just disagree with the whole. If, if they honestly think Reggie Jackson should be starting, he'd be perfect six man. He is not a ball distributor to be the starting point guard. He can be the sixth man and score off the bench. That's when he thrived most when he went to the OKC. I think Derrick Rose should be the starting point guard of that team. Yeah, I also don't think that Tony Snell should be anywhere near a starting line. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's what's very funny. When you mentioned that name, I had no idea that he was <laughs> on a team anymore. Well, did, That's awesome. He's going to be one of those guys that gets 10 minutes, take him out, don't see him for the rest of the game. Because he's so black. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. The Chicago Bulls finished last year at twenty-two and sixty, um, which was good enough, I think, for like third from the bottom in the Eastern Conference, somewhere in that mark. Um, 
Notable off-season departures are Robin Lopez, and that's really it. I'm trying to think. That's about it. Yeah, not not a whole lot, really. I mean, should have been Chris Dunn. Time. That's just a it's a, it's a waiting game. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, notable off-season acquisitions include. Pretty much also nobody except for Thad Young and their draft pick, Kobe White. But their projected starting lineup for the start of the season, uh, Sadoransky and Levine in the backcourt with Porter Jr. and Markin in the forwards and Wendell Carter Jr. holding down in center. Um, I have a lot of issues with them dealing... If they, if they felt so inclined to get rid of Portis then they should have re-signed Robin Lopez, even if it was to like a one-year, two-year, just above veteran minimum deal or something like that. I don't think Wendell Carter's ready to carry the minutes load at the center position. I mean, the, the, his backup is Daniel Gafford and then well, the never-trusted Chris I think Lucas a lot of it's going to be marking and playing the five also, with Thad Young at the four. Yeah, I can see that. So I think they're kind of playing it. I also think they're going to do a lot of big ball, which is going to be... Which, if they, when they do the big ball, it would be Wendell, Markinen, Thad Young, Porter, Levine at the point. Because Levine played point in Minnesota from time to time and played point in college a little bit. So I That's actually probably a really good lineup. I just, there's not, there's no ball distribution. That's the problem. There's no passing. I honestly think the Bulls take a huge step up. Do I think they're like, they can be an 8 7 seed, but I think they just miss, but I think they take turn heads. You know, they're, they're younger, they're getting more experience. Make a bigger splash than last year. And I honestly uh, think Kobe White takes over that point guard position by second week of the season. Just because he's a different type of player for that team. Yeah. He can pass, he can slash, he can shoot. He's got better hair. Yeah. Well, that's a huge proponent. But that I, basically I can see that. that. I mean, I think the, the big question for this season really is less about Kobe White and Wendell Carter Jr., it's more about, is Boylan the man? You know, there was a lot of hoopla last year about issues between him and the players, and that's kind of been the hoopla for the Bulls coaching staff and players for the, you know, really since Skiles left, or I mean, uh, Thibodeau left. I mean, and even at the end of Thibodeau's reign, there was, you know, the Thibodeau-Jimmy Butler kind of bullshit. So, that's you know, they got to figure out their internal problems before they start worrying about everything else. I think the ceiling for the Bulls is competing for the eighth seed all the way through the end of the season, whether they get it or don't, but I think they have, you know, that's their ceiling. I think the real is the real expectations would be finishing somewhere in that 10 to 12, or 10 range, 10 to 12 and basement, obviously being nothing clicks and they finish right where they did last year. And rounding out that division is the Cleveland Cavaliers who last year finished 19 and 63, which was good enough for second to last in between the Knicks and the Bulls. Uh, the projected starting lineup for the season is Colin Sexton and Darius Garland in the backcourt with C.D. Osman and Kevin Love in the forward position, Tristan Thompson locking down the center. Uh, notable backups for them are Brandon Knight, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr. Uh, I mean, not really a much difference of a team. They added their draft picks, and that was a really I kind of really just want to see if Kevin Love can stay healthy and get back to where he used to be. Do you think that they trade Kevin Love in this season? Kevin Love if this he, season? If he has a good first if he, half. Yeah, if he, if he shows the form, then absolutely, I think. Because there's no point in keeping him. He's we all want to see him in Portland. Kyle wants to see him in Portland. 
don't know where that fucking came from. I personally want to see him in Golden State. Kyle has a notebook of if he has he a good wants. first half of the season. Where do you see his potential landing spots for him? It depends. I mean, I know it depends on how the season goes, but it depends on injuries. You know, one injury to a one injury to a, a, a championship contending team's power forward can make all the difference in the world. Um, right now, though, let's say he was he looked great for the last half of last season. Let's just say that. Kevin Love's return to form. What teams do you think could use him right now? I think you fit perfectly in that Portland uniform. You got, you know, Lillard and McCollum with the one-two. You know, you have Nurkic coming back. You add Kevin Love, who can space the floor at the four. Adds a whole new element to that game. Could also see him fitting in very well in either tenant at the Staples Center. Could also see him fitting very well in Golden State. In Houston. Because if oh. there's anything Houston loves, it's people that it's people that don't play defense or can no longer play defense <laughs> but can still shoot threes. <laughs> and my biggest my biggest thing about Kevin Love is Noah's Will is ever since ever since the kind of like injury riddledness of him, really since he moved to Cleveland, really, but people just forget how dominant of a rebounder that guy fucking was. I mean, dominant of a player. He was a dominant player for the Timberwolves. Yeah, twenty twenty, like every other night. But I mean, that guy rebounded so much for such an undersized power forward. Real Dennis Rodman-esque style of heart over height kind of thing, Nate Robinson. Um, how about this? If Minnesota is fighting for a spot, potential Kevin Love going back to Minnesota. They need another they need a power forward. I'm all for the Kevin Love doing really well and getting traded earlier in the season because I call me bias, whatever, but I think that I think that there's a lot of lost potential in Larry Nance Jr. I think that he has a lot to give. I think that he plays with a lot of heart. He's a high flyer. He's a great rebounder. He's a good shot, decent shot blocker, but he runs the floor. He looks for the open guy. He, he plays smart basketball. I think that he could be a very – he's never going to be a Kevin Love or an Anthony Davis, but I think that he has absolutely all the potential in the world to be a starting four in the NFL – or NBA, sorry. Um, ceilings for this, this Cavaliers. Right where it is. I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, Potentially get better? No. 12 seed, 12 seed ceiling, 14 seed reality, 15 seed basement. <laughs> their ceiling is their basement. They're just. They live in a ranch. They're just trying to get. <laughs> they live in a ranch in Florida. They're just trying to develop. Yeah. They're trying to figure out everything they got going on for them. Uh, so let's move on to the last, the Southeast and the East there. Uh, the only playoff team in the Southeast last year was the Orlando Magic at 42 and 40. They finished with a 70, or with a 7th seed. Um, the Orlando Magic, to start out the uh, year, have a projected starting lineup of DJ Augustine and Evan Fournier at the backcourt, uh, Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon at the forward positions, and Nikola Vucevic locking down the center position. Not much changed there. No, not a whole lot. I mean, I was surprised to see both through the offseason and last year's trade deadline that Vucevic remained on the team. I thought that that was going to be big trade bait for uh, rookie transactions for sure. I, I honestly, I think they only decided to keep him because they were in the playoff hunt. Right. But I'm saying, like, but even throughout yeah, I agree. Know, the postseason or the offseason, um, 
Notable backups they have um, the, Mo Bamba, I mean Michael Carter Williams, and the big question mark for them is going to be what happens with Marco Fultz. Exactly. The off season, Marco Fultz has there's a lot of videos of Marco Fultz showing improvements, showing that he's kind of getting a shot back a little bit. That he's they're kind baking of hard off Marco Fultz coming back. Right, and so Marco Fultz, that's a big thing for them. If Marco Fultz can come back. Kendall is currently racing me and stop drinking mass. Mass has been dipping on my uh, my my beer through most well, of the night. K- Kendall noticed that I've I had two the third beer, so he chugged the second one because Kendall that's, cannot stand. That's not true. It's hundred. It's absolutely true. true. Kendall Kendall. Kendall cannot stand to not be at least even oh in beer God. count with that's people. That's not true. It's, it's absolutely true. true. God, that's someone true. call Jeff right now and have him back it up too. Anybody not who's ever true. drank a lot of beers with Kendall can back that up. Anyway, Kendall. I I remember vividly a Sunday in college where you went up to go to the bathroom. You went up to your room for a second. You came back down. I told you Paul was two beers ahead of you. You immediately crushed three. And then asked if I finished my, my other one yet. Yes. I love you guys. <laughs> we don't love you. That's fine. Oh, Kyle and I, by the way, we can't make it to your wedding. We're going to Horseshoe Curve that weekend. Oh, man. That's where it's happening, though. Oh, then we're going to be going to Poughkeepsie Point. <laughs> That's where mine's going to be happening. <laughs> you know what's funny? You know, Riddler. You know, he he, he knows he knows the places. You know, though that wasn't exactly a spot that you just watch trains. He he knew a destination that definitely had trains in the past, and he ran with it, and he was correct. So that's funny. <laughs> Moving on in the division, the Charlotte Hornets. Well, we didn't really talk about like where their ceiling is. Oh, the Orlando Magic. Oh, I think I think they fall out. I don't think that team got better at all. No, I don't think they got better. I think Detroit got a little better. Indiana is going to be much improved. Milwaukee is still going to be as good as they were. Philadelphia is going to be as good as they were, if not better. Toronto is going to fall off, but they still have enough talent. They're still more talented than Orlando. Boston might fall off, but still more talented. Brooklyn, I think, got better. Um, I think, you know, I think the Orlando Magic can still compete for the the eight seed, I think, realistically, I think the two teams vying for that eight seed spot are going to be the Orlando Magic and the team we're going to talk about next, which is the Miami Heat. Hey, guys. Uh, we're watching a Kyle Shanahan coach game. He is currently up 28-3 to three in the third quarter. Ha. <laughs> <Huh. laughs> so, the Miami Heat last year finished with a 39-43 and 43 record. Mike Buck. Will he answer? We don't know. Yo. So are the Browns Yo. bad or the 49ers good or is Yo. it a mix of both? The Browns offensive line is terrible. Yo. Baker so, Mayfield has not had any chance this, this whole game. So I've been texting Sebi back and forth. Um, and I've been very nervous about this game coming up this weekend, and then I realized that Joe or that Nick Bosa was going up against Greg False Start Robinson, and I wasn't as worried anymore. Alright, so Moving on, we'll just leave Mock off for now. We're, we're going to finish up the Eastern Conference and yeah. we'll call him back in for the. He said up. he couldn't. He couldn't. I just tried to figure out if, I, if we call him, whatever. But he didn't answer. So, so the Miami Heat finished thirty nine and forty three. Their big thing from last year. I mean, you know, I don't think a lot of people really had playoff on the mind for them. The real media output for them was the farewell tour for Dwayne Wade. Um, and, and you want to know what? Still, I'll defend it forever. 
I think Dwayne Wade is a top three two guard NBA history. Yeah. And, you know, that guy made sure he went out great. I mean, that game that he had, I forget what team it was. I think it was the Warriors where he hit that fucking, he got the shot blocked. Step re- back fadeaway. Yeah, recovered it and then hit the one foot off balance fadeaway. He's a sixer killer. He's, <laughs> he's a, he was a bull killer too. Killed everybody. He was so good. He was so good. He was one of those players that he could like, probably still play very at a high level. He just wants to focus on his family, and I commend him for that. You know, I mean, the guy. You, you figure this guy. It's not like he went out and just married a woman mm-hmm. and had two kids. He went out and married a woman that also, you know, just kind of like what Justin Verlander is dealing with. You know, in the MLB with Kate Upton, high profile person. It's two high profile, high profile people that travel a lot, and you know, you can't raise a family that way. Yeah, one, one career kind of outlasts the other. Unfortunately, this kind of he, he's older. Right, and, and, a lot of wear and tear. And Gabrielle Union can do what she's doing for many more years yeah. than Dwayne Wade can do what he's he doing. Has a lot of Plus, wear and Dwayne tear Wade has had, you know, it, has had a semi-successful shoe line. He's been, you know, he's got, he knows lots of people in media and clothing. He's fashion, a super whole, successful person. He is, he's a very <laughs> smart guy. He's a very smart guy. But anyway, so the Miami Banana Heat. boat. <laughs> hey, Souls, what are you rocking? starting lineup for the beginning <laughs> of the year. Gordon Dragic and Dion Waiters with their... Uh, Forwards being Jimmy Butler and Kelly Olynyk with Bam Adebayo holding down the center. Uh, obviously, if you hadn't been aware, get out from under the rock you're on. The big <laughs> acquisitions and departures. Hassan Whiteside was traded to the Portland Trailblazers. And, Forgot about that. And they traded from the Sixers to acquire Jimmy Butler, which cost them Josh Richardson. Josh Richardson, which is a big a big loss. Yeah, but they kind of they got a as Kyle said. Josh Richardson is kind of a younger mold of what Jimmy Butler is. So you got the what you're looking for in Josh Richardson now. Mm-hmm. And Hassan Whiteside, things have just kind of been off kilter for about for two while, years with yeah. that. Things since have that just, playoff, so. Ever since they played the Sixers in the playoffs. I mean, he didn't he wasn't logging minutes. Things just haven't been the same. So hopefully a fresh start for both of them. Because Hassan Whiteside is a good talent. Yeah. Very good defensive talent. Um, notable notable uh, backups for them. Tyler Hero, Justice Winslow, um, and... I mean, Miles Myers Leonard. It's funny, you know. There's going to be some more moves if you if you look at their depth chart on ESPN right now. I'm going to read you their depth chart, okay? So, Goran Dragic is the starter for point guard. Justice Winslow is the backup. Dion Waiters, shooting guard. Tyler Hero, backup. Okay, now it's now this is where it gets better. Small forward, Jimmy Butler, backup. Kelly Olynyk, power forward. Kelly Olynyk, backup. Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Center, Bam Adebayo, backup, Kelly Olenek. So you have three spots where your backup is your center. I mean, it's it's like a, it's like an underpowered like defensive line for, for an NFL team where it's just like, yeah, 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 the backup left end is the guy that's playing right end right now. So That's probably not great. What I am going to say, I personally think they should do this. I think Drogic should come off the bench. I think Winslow would start – Last year, Winslow I was the starting point guard. I disagree. Though. He killed it. I understand that, but I disagree. I personally, I think that Drogic and Waiters should come off the bench, and I think that I think that Winslow and Hero should start, and I think that Hero should be that guy that plays like twenty minutes and gets overplayed by Dion Waiters. But I think that Dion, Waiters, I think that they need the spark off the bench. They need the guys that can come off the bench and score the well, points. Drogic could play the two. No, I understand that, but I but I think that. Oh wait. No. He, could, he could play the two. Well, Winslow going to bring the ball up. Guards are interchangeable. Guards are always interchangeable. I'm trying to think of who's if you're playing guard in the who. NBA as a point guard and you can't play shooting guard, there's something wrong with you. I mean, as just aforementioned with Dwayne Wade, he played his entire collegiate career as a point guard. Yeah, and made the transition into a shooting guard immediately. And guess what? 
It was pretty fucking good. So, ceiling for the Miami Heat, like I said, I think that they could vie for that eight seed just because they, they do have Jimmy Butler, who's they a game They also changer. have a top five coach. They also have a top five coach, and Jimmy Butler, as I think everyone can kind of agree with what we saw in both Minnesota and Philadelphia, Jimmy Butler is at his best when it's Jimmy Butler and the team versus Jimmy Butler in a team. Mm-hmm. When Jimmy Butler is surrounded by other talent, it hinders Jimmy Butler a lot. And Jimmy Butler, to me, doesn't play the same when everyone's getting touches. It's not a greed thing. I just think that Jimmy Butler, he's a very streaky person. But it, the streaks are longer than they are shorter. So when he is forced to not be taking all those shots, and it's just going to be, you know, plus the thing, too, is, is there were so many good perimeter defenders on that Sixers team with Simmons and Butler and even Tobias could hold Kendall. his own from time to time and whatnot. That, like, Butler didn't have to guard their top guy. It didn't matter. Butler, when he was guarding the top guy in Chicago, it meant something, and he played better defensively. Are we at the fun one right now? Well, I think I said, vying for the eight seed would be the ceiling. Real Reality, ten seed. Yeah. Low. Even nine. Yeah, ten, nine seed. Like I said, fighting for that eight seed, yeah. so ten, nine. Low, thirteen, maybe. I mean, I don't see him finishing that bad. Um, unless you think differently i i don't see him as a playoff team just because i don't think the pieces around him are i think if they make the playoffs it's definitely going to be a combination of mvp caliber football or oh, jesus christ can't keep looking at this mvp caliber <laughs> mvp caliber basketball from jimmy butler combined with absolutely perfect bench coordination from spolstra it's going to take it's going to take that you know that that I can't even think I of... I think a month. Hmm? I think it takes a month for everything But the thing is, like, I can't even think of a team that... Where it was just, like, kind of one guy and the coach versus, like, kind of everybody else. I, I hear you. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, you can't say Popovich and Duncan because they, they always had a good supporting cast. You can't really, you know... The years that Kobe was dominant, there was somebody else. I mean... Well... You can say Kobe, because he did bring them to the playoff with a very shit team. Like, they were the eight seed, but he brought I guess them you could in. say LeBron and uh, Barry White. What the fuck's his name there? Like, recently? The black guy with the glasses. Mike Brown. Mike Brown. Because <laughs> the, the, the pre-South Beach days, okay, yeah, I, they were yeah. a regular staple. And that team was not good. No. I don't even know how that fucking team made it to the finals. And I refuse to believe that it was because LeBron James was on that team. No. They had Big Z. That's why. Oh, yeah. And Andre Vergeau. <laughs> Otherwise known as Carlito. <laughs> Classic Andre Vergeau situation. He's, All right. He's so move, playing somewhere. <laughs> moving on to keep going with the division, the Charlotte Hornets. Yikes. The Charlotte Hornets finished last year at 39 and 43. Big you can go ahead count. and knock 38 of those wins off now that Kemba Walker is gone. Their projected starting lineup is Terry Rozier, who they acquired in the Kemba Walker trade, and Nicholas Batum, uh, Dwayne Bacon, and Miles Bridges at the forward positions, and Cody Zeller rocking out at the centers. Notable backups. Well, there really aren't any because there aren't any notable starters. Well, Marvin Williams. Yeah, I mean, Marvin Williams. Malik Monk's not terrible. Bismack Biombo is terrible. Um, Devontae Graham, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. I mean, let me tell you something. And Kyle and I have talked about this a billion times. This team's, like, rebuild and success in terms of, like, roster depth is 
almost 100% weighted down on this fucking Nicholas Batum contract. Yeah. It was such a bad... And I understand... You have to give players money because you can't fall under the line. There's a there, there's at the time. Nicholas every Batum team has a ceiling, time. right? And Nicholas Batum was playing very well, but they went out and they gave him fucking super, money. super max money at the time. And Superstar money. While there is a ceiling, there's a salary cap. There's also a floor. You have to meet a certain. You can't just pay everybody peanuts and put out a bullshit team. You gotta you gotta pay people. But and when he gave them when he when the Hornets he, gave well, him the contract, but the problem is, is that he's fallen off from that. What oh he, yeah. And so now nobody wants Nicholas Batum, and they're stuck with this contract. I don't think it's that, and nobody wants. But I think nobody wants that contract. That's what I mean. That's yeah. I, that's what I mean. He was a different player for the Blazers because of the pieces around him. The Hornets made him the lead guy, and he is not that. He's a very good defender, like very good. I think Malik Monk takes over the starting point guard position. Oh yeah. Well, no, I think he starts into two over Batum. I think you're just going to see a massive young haul. I like what they did with Dwayne Bacon and Miles Bridges. We could did it. What's the point? Fuck yeah. it. If I, you I suck, agree. you suck with the kids. Let them develop. I agree. That's, a, that's an excellent point. The The ceiling for Miles Bridges is not superstar. But I don't think he's a star, but I think he's going to be developed into a very young, good player. Well, for sure, a household name. He's a, he's a very explosive player. Yeah. Hey, real quick, so I'm sorry to interrupt. And um, and, and it's gonna we're gonna see if playoff scary Terry can be a 82 game thing. If if it happens, awesome, right? right. I would I would like to see that for that. Yeah, because he's young and it helps it helps get an immediate jump start on that rebuild. So, so real quick, how you doing on those shots? Did you knock them out or no? I'm close. You're close. All right. Um, I mean, I think the ceiling for this team is the 13th seed. I think expectations are 14th, and I think the basement's 15th. I think they finish last. I, I don't think, I, like I said, I mean, I, I think I, I, the only two teams that could I finish. I am intrigued by them. The only two teams I think that could finish worse than them are the Cavs and the Knicks. I am intrigued by the Hornets for a couple reasons. One, I like them. I always will. Two, I'm very interested in seeing how the minutes for Dwayne Bacon and Miles Bridges up their game. And I think Miles Bridges is going to benefit. And Dwayne Bacon's kind of whatever. So moving on, the Washington Wizards, the projected oh, no. starting lineup for the beginning of the season. Oh, sorry. They finished last year. My bad. Last year they finished 32-50. and 50, um, And their starting lineup project- projections are Bradley Beal and Ish Smith in the backcourt. Por- back Ish Smith. Troy Brown all and all Davis Bertrands. Bertrands. Burtons? Bertans. Bertans. In the forward position, and Thomas Bryant holding down the center. Oh, boy. Um, yikes. If they didn't have Bradley Beal, they'd be the worst team. Yep. And I don't think they have Bradley Beal for much longer. What's uh, the whole John Wall situation? He's out for the year. He's out for this whole year, too? Yeah. Great money given to him, too. Yeah, but, I mean, that's different. Yeah, I know. At the time. That's different. Well, no, it's not that. It's just, at the time, the Batum money made sense. It's yeah. just the John Wall thing. That's its injury. You can't. Can't do anything about that. But I think, one, Bradley Beal will average probably 27 points a game. Yeah. He's that good t- shooting the ball. Right. I do think he gets traded. I don't know to who. But he, he's just, he's a very good player. Like, he's he should be an all-star for the next five, six years. That's how good I think he is. He's very good. I think that, 
I mean, I don't know where he'd really fit in, but like he's kind of like exactly what the Sixers need. Yeah, but but where well, you could put Richardson off the bench, but you would probably have to trade him. Probably, probably would have to trade him. You know, like because they have these two young kids, but these two or, kids haven't proven anything. It's only a matter of time before Thibault gets hurt, or you can dump Tobias. He just gave him so much money, but he's young enough that it would be intriguing for the Wizards. It would get kind of give them that push start for the rebuild. What do you can get for Tobias? Hmm? Bradley Beal. We probably have to give up more than just Tobias Harris. You'd have to give up more because of the contract. That's where they would, yeah. would boil well, down no, they're to. They're probably making about the same. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think probably have to give up a pick or two, which I'm fine with. It would be like to, it'd be like Tobias, a young guy, and like a second rounder for like Bradley Beal on a second rounder. Yeah, like it, it would be like peanuts for peanuts after those two. It would really just be a kind of an even swap. You just add a little bit more because of you know they already know what they have in Bradley Beal and what he fits in the system. You don't know what you have with Tobias in the system. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, anything's an improvement on this fucking team. But, like, Bradley Beal, he will make any team better. I guess, like, I agree with you. Bradley Beal being there kind of solidifies them as not being a bottom dweller, but I don't see him competing for a playoff spot. No. I, nine, or I had 11, 11, 12. I think they finished like dead last. I think the Hornets finished with a better record. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I don't think I, I think the Wizards will finish with a better record than the Cavs and the Hornets. But here's the big story about the Wizards: Ish Smith playing for like thirty seventeen, and he's not even like twenty eight yet. Well, that, and he's not even good. No, that's a plus on him, of, co- of course. Not good. Are you, are you serious? The guy's playing gen- thirty seven teams. He's just generations of Luke Ridnour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and rounding out the Eastern Conference, oh, reference. we have the Atlanta Hawks. Who finished with a twenty-nine and fifty-three record last season? Projected starting lineup for them to start off the season is Trey Young and Kevin Herter at the uh, backcourt positions. That's your boy. Yep, DeAndre Hunter and John Collins at the forwards, and Alex Len holding down business at the center position. All about that starting five, except Alex Len. Backups include Evan Turner, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Bembry, Jabari Parker, and Damian Jones. That this is a team where I think they make the next step. Yeah, I see. I, I know see. they're young, but they're they're like the young talent's too talented to. And Trey Young looks really good. Yeah, I, I I see them as I could see them as a seven seed. Yeah, and John Collins is pretty sick. The only the only player I have a problem with on that team is Alex Lyon. Yeah. But if they play small, Jabari Parker can do service. And they, the like, they can honestly trade a younger guy for more upper. They have a plethora of, of they have an absolute plethora of youth. More upper level center, you know. But it just it's just going to depend like where they are. If they're fighting for a spot and a team's falling out, I can see them trading one of those younger kids for a. Exp- like a Steven Adams would fit perfectly in that team. I think Steven Adams would be the perfect fit for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Like they didn't they need a guy that can get rebounds and play some defense. Next to that. And the, and the Thunder are looking to trade him. Mm-hmm. So I think right there, you're the Thunder. You're like, all right, give me Damian Jones, who's a young center. Yep. And Cam Reddish. And maybe a second-round pick. Second or first. No, I think it's overpaying. Well, I'm only saying Cam Reddish because they have too many of the same player on that team. 
Because DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish are basically the same player. Yeah, but I could, but I could also see do Damian Jones, Kevin Herter, and a first round pick. Okay. Because the first round pick for the Hawks, worst case scenario, it's a low percent lottery pick. Best case scenario, it's that middle of the road pack anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's still a wild card, but you're still getting a first round pick out of it. And then the Hawks are getting to keep Cam Reddish, who can slot right into where Herter was, and you see what you have All out right. of him. You know what I'm saying? I just I can't see them if they're giving up Herter. I don't. I think that the, the I think more than Adams is coming over from OKC. More like notable shit. I got you. But I think honestly, now that we're talking about it, I want that to happen. Ceiling is six seed. I think the ceiling is yeah. a six seed. I think their expectations are f- contending for a wild card or contending for a, a playoff spot. Yeah. You know that that whole race down to the end. Um, and basement would be like ten. At the, at the worst, I, I I see them, and and I say ten in the aspect that they would still be fighting for the wild card, the eight seed, but like missing it a little early. Mm-hmm. But I think that I agree with you. I think that I think they're poised to take the biggest leap in the East. Yeah, because I could see them if if everything starts to mold well for them, and if they do kind of get that difference maker at the center position, I could see them maybe pushing for six. Be a surprise team. Trey Turner's a good guy, good yeah. player, He's a great kid. And Kevin Herter, Dwayne Wade's boy. Love it. Is that the jersey you swapped with? Mm-hmm. Good for him. Because yep. Kevin... what the jersey that like he declined? I don't remember. It was a veteran. Oh, Jimmy Butler. Oh, was it? Yeah, on the Sixers. Jimmy Butler was like, "You want to trade?" And he goes, "I already got so many of your fucking jerseys. I'm trading with Ben." <laughs> <laughs> um, but Kevin Herter was when Kevin Herter was playing in college. His entire college career, he was rocking Wade shoes, and that's why Wade swapped with him. Okay. Game recognizes game. That's all your boy right there, Kevin Herter. Kendall. He looks like you. He does look like you. He's, yeah. a, he's a pale redhead. Just doesn't turn Don't act like head. you knew who he was. I, I'm aware. I mean, I guess. What school I, did he go to? Uh, who besides you would if, know that? If I were to guess, Kyle, he's a Wake Forest guy. I'll give you that. <laughs> It's the same conference. I would give you that. And why do you think that That's he was awesome. the only person that would know it? That's bullshit. That's awesome. Do you know? I do know. It because was, because uh, of the whole Dwayne Wade thing, I did research on it. It was entire gamble that I guess that... It's not that, Wake Forest, but I gave you credit. Well, thank you. I'll give you a hint. It's the state where your least favorite football team plays. Ooh. Boston College? Sorry, hold on. All right, never mind. It's the My state, least favorite it's football It's the state team. where Kyle's least favorite football team plays. Ooh. You know, it's it's a shame that doesn't help me. How does it not help you? What's Kyle's least favorite team? Your girlfriend knows. Well, Kyle hates Ravens. The Ravens. And where do they play? What state do they, they play? play? Maryland. They play in Maryland. Right. Is okay, it Maryland? So Maryland. Is, is it Maryland yes. College? Maryland University. Yeah. Don't overthink it, Ken. That's well, not your but, least favorite team. Yeah, but, you know, I, t- I tell you what, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not an academic, you know, hater, but, you know, that's the worst you know, team ever. So who that's what a couple final four appearances. <laughs> what right, what so, a terrible academic performance as as well as, you know, if you went to Maryland academic, so then forget you. Kendall, real quick, give me who you think are your top three teams out of the East this coming year. Uh of the East? Yeah, you know, one, one, two, three. One, two, three. So you know what I, I still hang tough in, in you know as much as uh, a hate is for me. Um uh, I think, you know, the uh the 76ers, they hold, they hold tough. And you know, hey, big push for them. They make one. Number two, the, the Baston 
Celtics, number two. Number three, we keep we keep it in the same division there, and uh, we hold it true to uh, the, the guys from Canada. And number four. No, I just want to stop three. That's it. Uh, and, and number four, Mass? San Francisco 49ers. Top, top three? One, two, three? In order? I don't feel uh, educated enough to be able to give a top three. How do you not fucking feel educated enough? We just spent 90 fucking minutes <laughs> going over the Eastern Conference. Maybe if you paid attention and did the homework like I told you last week. I asked twice what we were supposed so to really do. It's really hard doing I a two-and-a-half-person podcast. Chat. I said it. It's hard doing a five-man, two-and-a-half-person podcast. <laughs> Sixers, I only say two Bucks, and a half because Kendall's usually drunk 90 minutes in and he can't focus for the rest of it. <laughs> Sixers, Bucks, Pacers. When you asked me that question, you know. Sixers, I, I, Bucks, I, Pacers. I, I didn't want you to give yours. Oh. I want him to give me your top three. No. Okay, perfect. A lot of credibility on the show. I wanted you to give me your eight. Oh, okay. That's fine. I can do that. That's... Sixers, Bucks, Pacers. Celtics at the four. Anything. Uh, Nets, I'm thinking, dude. I know. I Nets know. at the five. Mm-hmm. Listen, if, if you don't know, just, just make... Raptors six, yep. Hawks seven, Pistons eight. Okay. Right. I'm going to go with... I'm going Milwaukee at the one, Philadelphia at the two. And I like that better because I think Philadelphia will... I think Philadelphia will stumble at the one against the eight. I just see them doing that. <laughs> but Milwaukee at the one, Philadelphia at the two, Indiana at the three... Brooklyn at the four, um, Detroit at the five, Boston at the six. Um, what am I missing here? Boston at the six, Toronto at the seven, Atlanta at the eight. Same teams. Same teams, just a little different order. All right, so that wraps up the Eastern Conference. We got a couple weeks before the basketball season starts. So next week, uh, we're going to do the Western. Souls and I will roll through the Western Conference. Nice. If you guys actually want to do some homework. Now that I know what we're actually talking about. He he did this last week. He said last week what we were going to be talking about. And I also sent it in the text. I asked three times while we were here tonight. I also yeah, sent it in the text. You couldn't, last have done it on the sh- you couldn't have done it in five seconds. Sure, I could have. No, you couldn't have. No, you couldn't have. You, could, you, you would have looked up and you would have saw. The only thing I looked up, because I did my homework ahead of time, was the depth chart and the projected starting five. You, you can't tell me anything about Kevin Herter's game. Tell me something about Kevin Herter's game. It's good. It's not. It's average. <laughs> so you're already wrong right, right there. He's a three-point shooter who plays scrappy defense. He's everything that they wanted J.J. Redick to be in Philadelphia. Yeah, except, you know, he exposed J.J. Redick in Philadelphia. Yep, that's true. All right, so... Uh, Twice. 10-27, so there's not really much need for a break here. We'll round out the last 30 minutes. So I guess we can kind of do an open table discussion. Uh, Souls, I know that you had a big hot take that you wanted to kind of discuss. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and do this? So a big hot take, uh, going kind of switching back gears to I the NFL. I have two kind of like in the same thing. All right. Well, so we're going to switch gears back to the NFL for both. Yeah. All right. So we're switching gears back to the NFL. One is a homer thing for your team. So it's kind off. of both Steelers related. Okay. So go ahead. Just lead us off. I I honestly think that Delvin Hodges plays very well this week, and I think he gets the win for the Steelers against Cleveland, right? Uh, Chargers. Chargers. Right. Well, you guys haven't played Cleveland yet. No. I I honestly what I've what I've heard and what I've seen from the recap and everything. He plays with a lot of guts. He just doesn't play scared, which for for a third string guy coming in very unexpectedly, 
um, after a very scary situation when you're, the whole t- stadium went silent. Um, he he came in and he. I'm not saying he played careless, but he just played like, like I'm going to try to hit Juju on this deep ball. If I throw a pick, I throw a pick. But I'm, it's double coverage, but I'm going to trust Juju, and I'm going to throw it. And, you know, there was only one throw that he made that was super, really bad. And luckily, I think it was James Washington or Johnson. Is that a guy on your team? Johnson? Deontay Johnson. I think Deontay, I think it was Deontay Johnson bailed him out because he actually grabbed the arm of the Ravens' safety and pulled him. So he couldn't intercept the ball and just ate the ten yard offensive pass interference. Otherwise, went. otherwise it would have been a pick in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, it was a good defensive play by Johnson. That was really the only bad throw. But I mean, he he ran, he he stayed in the pocket. You know, he he did all the things that you'd want to see from somebody coming into a game. He played fearless. And I think like just by like I know that like I've heard a lot about him like watching the preseason games. His pedigree in college was that he led the whole nation in passing yards. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off just for a second because, you know, you know, for the work situation, Kyle has seen more Steelers games than I've seen live. I, I follow as much as I can, you know, on the streams or whatever. And the games that have come down to when the Steelers should have won have not been resulting in the Steelers making a mistake late. It's I said I said that incorrectly. I said uh, Poor Robbie Steel- Gould. <laughs> the Steelers have made mistakes late in the game, and it, it's not it's not the quarterback making the mistake. It's, they, you know, they they lost three games by three points. Right, you know, the Steelers drove down this past game. It came down to a fumble off of a reception by a wide receiver, fumbling the ball, and you know the ball is given back to perhaps the best kicker, perhaps the best kicker in the football. And the Ravens, Justin Tucker kicking a long field goal. I'd like yeah. to. I'd like to make a point, and this is my honest opinion on it. And this is not a Homer thing, you know. It's no secret that I've, you know, prior to actually being friends with Kendall and Kyle, I've always had a soft spot for the Steelers. They're not my second favorite team in the NFL, but they're and they're in the top five. Um, this is not a Homer thing for them. This is the Steelers' struggles offensively. Forget the quarterback position. I'm talking strictly Antonio Brown here. It is less, in my honest opinion, it's less about Antonio Brown not being there, forcing Juju to be the number one. I think it's way more about nobody else on that receiving core has stepped up to even be a somewhat decent two. Moncrief came in with a lot of expectations, dropped 4,000 passes against the Patriots. You know, Johnson has kind of been coming along a little bit, but not fast enough to make make people feel uncomfortable guarding him one-on-one or forcing a zone on that, you know, a zone defense. And the same thing with James Washington. And I just, and I personally think that the offensive coordinator is very, very much underutilizing Vance McDonald. I, I agree. Um, and I can't, so I, I don't think, I just think that it's important that there's there should be zero, zero, shitting on Juju Smith-Schuster's capabilities to play the one. I think he's been playing it fairly well. Um, but there hasn't, you know, when you're not utilizing your tight ends on the checkdowns and under routes, and you're not utilizing your running, your running game is not being productive properly, and you're going through quarterbacks like fucking tissues, Yeah, it's hard for your, your number and, one receiver. And I mean, really, you know what, I, the, I, those, I, two, those two young quarterbacks have played better in the 
Six quarters at Ben's plate. Right, and listen, I agree with what you're saying. No, no, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying, for all the people out there, you know, for the quote-unquote Mike Mox of the world. Sorry, Mike Mox, but, you know, he has the question marks about, you know, can Juju play number one? Can Juju play the one? You know, and, 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 you know, he because him and Kyle get under each other's skin so easily with these shits, it'd be very quick for him to be like, well, what's, you know, Juju's not doing anything. I think Juju is performing very adequately given the circumstances and given that nobody has stepped up to be a two. And right. like, no, no, they, they play a lot better on no huddle and right. you saw it in that game. Right. And you have, Ju- you have, you have Juju playing the one and you have a bunch of guys that are playing like fourth string receivers. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you, I mean, like a lot of the, like Dante Moncrief, if he's in the game, I feel very comfortable putting a linebacker on him. If I'm a defensive coordinator. And then, so what's your next outtake? So, uh, real, real quick, I, I want to wrap the, wrap up the Steelers really quick. It's already wrapped up. No, we're not wrapped. We're not done with the Steelers. It's got another hot take. So the Steelers are not wrapped up yet. Okay, well then, forgive me. I guess what I want to say real quick is that the Steelers have lost games late versus, you know, playing poor football. Listen, I, I'm never going to accept, you know, hey, you fumble the football. That's, that's inaccessible. You can't fumble the football in, in, in big situations. You know, the Steelers can win two games. But very here's the thing. The Juju fumble, I won't put it 100% on him because he turned around and the ball got punched. Yeah, but, listen, you can defend the bang, bang play as much as you want. I, I, I can't accept it. I can't accept it. I, I, I can't accept a fumble like that. It just, you know what? Did you see how the, that way the fumble transpired? Yeah, they, made a, they won the game. Right, but listen. Juju is Juju is stripped. The ball bounces for like, we'll call it seven seconds because it, it, it lands close to the sideline. You know, unfortunately, you know, I get it. There's no Steelers around and there's, and there's, Three Ravens defenders near it. However, there was not even like an attempt to jump towards the ball. So the number number game is against you. I get it, but there there was no even attempt to try to get the fumble back. So no, there was uh, attempt. They were just far away. But 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 what? But what, what is the distinction that you don't you know you know battle against the fumble? I I I don't understand it. A ball comes loose. Whether you think it's a fumble or not. A ball comes loose. How do you not, you know, it's your first instinct to try to recover it? I don't, this, we live in this world. You gotta find it. Yes, of course you do. But that's the thing, you, you go and you go into this, this mode where like, you know, hey, you know, finding the ball is bigger than you. And that, that's not what we're seeing. Uh, I, I don't understand. I don't understand what your argument is. The point is, the ball. Juju, you should have gone Juju to the ball. fumbled. There was no other Steelers there to get the ball. The point is, the ball bounced around for a very long time, and no one even made an attempt to go near it. But they wouldn't have gotten there, dude. They're all lined up on the other side of the field. Yeah, Juju That's, was by himself, wide open. Right. But the point I'm making is that, like, listen, whoever gets it, you're there or not, you make the attempt. I, I'm not going to blame Juju for fumbling. It was, it was, he caught the ball, turned I'm not, around. I'm got not going to blame Juju for fumbling. I'm not, fumbles happen. They do. I'm sorry. They happen to the best of them. And 
I'm not going to – I mean, the fucking Raiders had a surefire touchdown, and fucking seven-string cornerback Sherrick McMahon is fucking peanut-punched it out at the goal line. I mean, it happens. Fumbles happen. And that's just uh, how it goes. I mean, uh, I, listen, I, I, if I, I'm going to blame anybody for the loss, it may be unfair, but I'm going to blame Cam Hayward for not knowing what the fuck overtime rules are. That's the guy that lost – that probably lost you that game. Because you guys came back. You guys had more momentum than the Ravens did offensively. You're and right. If you guys, mar- if you guys res- ke- chose to ke- get that ball – you would have at least forced them to make a field goal. And Lamar Jackson was not throwing the ball well that, that game. Defense figured him out. So, all right, go on to your next hot take because we've got to move on from this. We got, I, I, I want to so do some I, more roundtable discussion. I honestly think that if Mike Tomlin gets fired, I only say if because it's not really his fault this year. If he gets fired, I think the next coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers is Byron Leftwich. Okay. Now, reasons? Obviously, besides Byron Leftwich being a well, previous Steeler. Obviously, I think just being a Steeler alone helps his cause. And I think Bruce Arians being his coach right now is helping him. Also a former Steeler. Because he's, what, the offensive coordinator? Yes. For Tampa Bay? And I, so many people have said that Byron Leftwich is the next big thing in this league. And, you know, I don't... He's always had a very high IQ for football. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's come into games... He, he may not have always delivered in terms of passing the football, but he was very good at reading defenses and, and whatnot. And, you know, being I – mean, I don't want this to sound wrong, but I think just because there's <laughs> only one African-American coach right now that's active in the NFL. There's a pressure, especially after all the media yeah. about them firing And I think five. the Steelers, you know, don't really care about that. I think they just want the right guy. And I think they would really think Byron. But it just—it's circumstance. I don't even know who the coach is. Who is it? The one. There's how many? There's two African American coaches. Head coaches. Yeah, Mike Tomlin and Anthony Lynn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I just right. It's circumstance that the the right guy, you know, the 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 up and coming head coach type of guy that knows the system and played for the team just happens to be an African American. Mm -hmm. But it becomes good publicity for the NFL. Mm -hmm. I know what you mean. I understand what you're saying. It just like a lot of it just checks out. Yeah, a lot of it just checks out, in my opinion. It it's all falling into place basically for that to be the thing. Perfect, love it. Um, I, I would I would love to see that to be honest with you. And then and Mike Tomlin would probably get a job. Washington, I, even if it wasn't Washington, even if Washington picked somebody else, though, I, I think he'd get a job. Yeah, I, re- I, I honestly do. I don't know that I would ever take the Washington job if I was that coach. You would. Just make it your own team. You can't. You have Snyder controlling everything. Um, I, I have a hot take that's going to have no real discussion besides my own. But um, my hot take being we see a true changing of the guard in the Eastern Conference for the NHL. Um, and, and what I mean by that means is that both the Pittsburgh Penguins and Tampa Bay Lightning make the playoffs, but as wild cards. Okay, who's taking their spot? Uh, in the Eastern Conference, I think Toronto and Boston will continue to dominate and win the playoff spots. And I think that we'll see a uh, coming between Montreal and Buffalo in the Eastern Conference. 
And then in the Metropolitan, I think Carolina continues to keep playing as well as they did last season. The Washington uh, Capitals are going to play very well. I think the Flyers are a very dark horse team, and I think the Rangers are a very dark horse team. And I give a lot of credit to Kyle for calling that out before the season actually started about the Rangers being a dark horse team this year. He did say that to me in person before the season started, so I can't give him credit for that. Um, Pittsburgh is, in my opinion, they're just a little too old now, um, and, and they're very streaky. But uh, Tampa Bay has just they have not changed. They have not really changed a lot. Their play has stayed the same. They've started their first three games. It's only three games this season, but they started out 1-1-1. One, one, one. They played Carolina, who is a good team, but they only got, you know, you talk about Tampa Bay, when you think of Tampa Bay, you think of the ability to put up five fucking, five goals in a fucking period. They got off two shots in 40 minutes. Two shots in two periods. That's not a lot. No. Um, I, I could see Tampa Bay deflating and, and taking some serious change. There's a lot of talent on that team. I think that there is um, a little bit more to this whole, like, uh, Stamco speaking out kind of thing about the team's play and whatnot, I think I think Stamkos is starting to become uneasy there. And I think we're going to see, I think I think we're closer than farther away from a Stamkos uh, relocation. I think that Victor Hedman and Kucherov are, will continue to be the guys there, but I think that Stamkos might be, I think Stamkos is, he's a little too big for Tampa Bay right now. So real quick, Riddler, I mean, I, I recall a little bit from last year. How big is the NHL trade deadline versus other sports? Uh, it's kind of, I think it's like pretty standard to the NBA. I think it goes into like mid-February. Is there a lot of action? Well, I, I oh, guess, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, because the thing with the NHL versus every other sport is there's so many fucking people that play at a time. You, yeah. The NHL, yes, you have your goalie. You have, you, you have a goalie and a backup goalie, and then you usually have a goalie that you feel comfortable playing in your, your AHL system. You know, somebody that you could call up in case of injuries or, you know, or, or whatever type of thing. Or you carry three goalies. Some guys just, some teams do that. But the thing is, is in the NHL, you have four offensive lines consisting of three apiece. So there's 12. And you have three defensive lines consisting of two. So that's six. So right there, you're looking at 18 guys that are getting ice time. Now, we see it a lot where you see the Blackhawks are one of the most notorious teams in the world for it, where, you know, if you have six defensemen, you figure, okay, everybody's probably going to average about 20 minutes of ice time. Now, the reason I say that is because you would think 60 divided by 6 would be 10, but no, there's two on the ice at a time, so you get about 20 minutes. But the Blackhawks are notorious for it, where Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook will play 35 minutes, and then two other guys will play five. It happens all the time. And that's why the Blackhawks have been doing bad, because they need to stop doing that. Duncan Keith's too old, and so is Seabrook. They don't have the speed to do it anymore. Um, I digress. <laughs> but we're not going to get into a rant about teams. My own team. But, um, oh, players get more time than others. You, you think the fourth string center is getting anywhere close to the same amount of time as Sidney Crosby? No. It's not happening. You think the fourth string center in Tampa Bay is getting anywhere near the same amount of time as Stamkos? You think the fourth string right winger is getting anywhere near the same amount of time as fucking Alexander Ovechkin, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid? You, you think these guys are sharing the equal ice time to fourth stringers? They're not. You see, and you see less, and ice times are also very... There's holes when you look at them because, you know, you look at a thing and be like, oh, wow, uh, Jonathan Taze had 37 minutes of ice time. Okay, well, look at the depth of the game. Oh, the Blackhawks were on the penalty kill seven times. Well, Jonathan Taze is the primary penalty kill guy. 
He's the number one penalty kill guy for the Blackhawks in terms of forwards. That's who you want on the ice. He wins faceoffs and he plays great defense. So that automatically is going to bump him up about th- four or five more minutes of ice time. So there's more that goes into it. But getting back to there's just there's so many players. So the trade deadline is extremely active. There is so much that goes on because there's not only do you have all these guys that play, but you also have farm systems. The NHL is the only team besides the MLB that actively uses a farm system, and they use it very well. And unlike the MLB, there is a much deeper national pool, international pool of players. So there is just so much that goes on to it. So the trade deadline, and the thing with the trade deadline too is you, much like the MLB, I'm pretty sure this works in the MLB. In the MLB, if you have somebody who's a junior, right, like a starting pitcher who's a junior, you can draft him, and then he can elect to go back to school. Yeah. And then you own the rights to him. Uh, No. Right. So in the NHL, if you draft a – you can draft a sophomore right winger who wants to go to school until he's done with his senior year. You own the rights to him. He's not playing in the NHL, but you own the rights to him. So You can trade the rights to players. So hypo- like that happens. So hypothetically, I could draft a sophomore with my first overall pick, and I'll get him in two years when he finishes college. Yep, which is basically the same as picking him when. What I'm trying to say, it's like picking a senior. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just can't put it the words. It makes sense in my head. For what MLB? No, like anything. No, I, I understand what you're saying. And pick the senior, have him start then, right? Yeah, and like you pick a sophomore, you have him wait. It's kind of like picking a quarterback, right? And right. just well, and have you, look him at, sit. you look at players. You know, you, you look at collegiate players like a Jack Hughes, for example. You know, Jack Hughes is poised as being one of the next big things in the NHL. So, if you're a team that is in the absolute beginning stages of a rebuild, his sophomore year. You might look at him and say, you know what? This guy is going to be great. He's going to be fucking fantastic. We're going to draft him now. We're going to draft his rights now. We're going to waste our pick. Not waste our pick. We're going to use our pick now to draft him. Now, obviously, the kickback to that is that you do not draft anybody at that pick. So if you have the first overall pick, and you, you know, that's why you don't see it with the first overall pick. We see it a lot with like third, fourth, fifth, sixth. You, know, you don't see people like Jack Hughes get draft rights. Because in order to get, you just don't see it. It doesn't happen. Because players that are that big, there's too much going on. So, but, yes. Anyway, long story, very winded, answered short. There is a absolute lot of shit going on at the so trip. I have another hot point, then. Is Panarin a left wing or a right wing? Technically, he's a left winger. Okay. I think, since off your base is thinking that Stomkos is getting too big for Tampa Bay... I can see a trade where the Rangers acquire Stomkos. I could see something like that. Also, going off that name, I think that very early on with a lot of stuff, but I think Panarin is an absolute dark horse for the Hart Trophy this year. Panarin, Panarin's big. And the Blackhawks did not, you know, a lot of people like to say this, you know, you look at Reddit and, other, and Bleach Report, Sport Forums. The Blackhawks didn't fuck up, and I'll defend this to the end of time. The Blackhawks traded him the year before his contract was up because they saw how big he was going to be, and they knew that with Taze, Keith, Seabrook, Crawford, and Kane, that they were not going to be able to pay him, otherwise the rest of the team would be trash. So they traded him when the value was high, before he needed to get paid. 
They got a couple prospects and Brandon Saad from the Blue Jackets. Did it work out for them? Uh, some of the prospects are still trying to like they're still working out their stuff. They didn't trade for like they didn't trade for one top tier prospect. They trade for a bunch of mid tier <laughs> prospects. Is Saad still on the team right now? Yes, he is. Yeah. And Saad was on the team when they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the championship. Oh, okay. So Saad already had team so chemistry this a long exposure. Time Not a long time ago, but it happened a couple years ago. What? The trade for Saad? Yeah. Seven, two years ago. Okay. That trade happened two years ago. Saad was originally on the team when they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. And oh, they traded back for him. Because they, Todd did the same type of deal. He's getting too big for us. We know we're not going to be able to afford okay. him. We're going to let him go. We're gonna we're gonna get rid of him. We're gonna trade him out. He went to Columbus, and he didn't pan out in Columbus the way that they Columbus wanted him to. So we traded. Did back he find a stride back in Chicago? Um, streakiness. Okay. Um, he does. He fits very well on the Taze line. Okay. Um, right now they're they're trying to find what they had in their championship run, which was Taze needed. Taze did really well when they were winning championships. Taze was never putting up points or in goals because Taze was the scrappy defender that was sitting in front of the net. And had snipers on the left and the right wings. Whereas Patrick Kane was the playmaker and just had quick sticks at the center and the, the left wing position. The best lineup we've ever seen was when Jonathan Taze was playing on a line with Patrick Sharp and Marion Hosa. Two guys that could absolutely snipe the puck from fucking anywhere on the ice. And Jonathan Taze just stayed in and screened. And then on the flip side of it, you had Patrick Kane playing with, you know, fucking guys that just were, were just skating around and getting open. Because Patrick Kane, if you covered him... He'd find the open man, and if you weren't covering him, he'd find the open crease in the net and just get it in. Mass, you have anything you'd like to add for roundtable discussion? We didn't talk about uh, the head coach of the Redskins getting fired today. Uh, Jay Gruden is yeah, now you gone. And, you and Kendall are just like fucking homers for the NFL. You guys won't talk about anything but the NFL. Uh, we have two divisional series that are going to game five. Well, you talk about that because I was just going to text Kyle. All right. We'll talk baseball for a no, second. No, talk, talk Gruden. Well, talk, I'll, I'll talk Gruden for a second. All right. So, fired from the Redskins. Uh, oh, look, it actually just came up. Um, fired from the Redskins. I don't know what teams are going to try and seek out for him. Um, don't know if he reunites with his listen, brother in listen, Oakland. Here's, here's the deal. Jay Gruden is not, it's not a sought-after name. In, in the NFL, it, it's not it's not been that it's it's, it's never been that sake, in what in, in any spectrum of the NFL, you know what his hire was in fact you know good play, and good coaching from his his previous encounters. However, he's not a sought after NFL name, and so the fact that he was hired with Washington Redskins for for six year was six years. Five years, I, I don't know. I don't know. Five years, six years. It's not an impressive number. He's done. He's done nothing special. Will he be hired? Yes, he will. He will. In a year's time, less than a year's time. And in, in, in my approximation, he'll be an offensive coordinator for for some team. Or in, I mean, forgive me, offensive coordinator or a quarterback coach in this NFL in the next two years, no doubt. May I make a bold yes. statement real quick before – I'm going to let Kyle take the reins real quick or do a quick rundown on the MLB postseason. Um, can I make a bold statement? Sure. Yes. My bold NFL statement. I think that after the poorest performance that we are currently witnessing so far this NFL season and which looks like it will be the continuation of it, 
I remo- I move that Freddie Kitchens is fired after one year of head coaching, and Jay Gruden takes over as the offensive coordinator, and Mike McCarthy takes over as head coach. I wouldn't hate to see that combination, but Kitchens definitely needs to go after this. There's a reason they shouldn't have let the quarterback hire the head coach. All right, Souls. <clears throat> so we'll right, so start off in the NL. Yeah, you do some rundown real quick at the MLB. All right, so the Cardinals and both the Nationals were able to make a Game 5 happen. Um, How much does that make you sick? Uh, doesn't make me sick for the Cardinals. So I personally believe that the Cardinals are better poised for this game than the Braves. Um, Matt Soroka is a rookie. I don't know if he can handle the spotlight of a game-clinching tomorrow to NLCS, where the Cardinals have been here, and they have a guy in their bag called Adam Wainwright. I don't know if he'll... Wayno. I don't think he'll be starting in that game, but I think he will definitely see time in that game. Do you agree with me, Mass? I do indeed. Okay. I think... Could Milo, they, they did pitch uh, Mikolas today. Yes. For one inning. But I do think we see him starting that game five. Since he is the consensus best pitcher on your team. I would agree. All right. And I just think that the Cardinals are more poised for them to win that game. Um, on the other side of it, the national pitch Scherzer. Strasburg is probably going to go next game. Or actually, no. It'll probably be Corbin. And the Dodgers have a whole bunch of righties and lefties they could throw at either one of them. So, I... See the Dodgers losing that game, in my opinion. But I don't know if Walker Buehler can do it again. So, unfortunately, I think the Nationals do take away from that series. Does that upset you? 100%. <laughs> I do think the Nationals have better pitching. But if it comes down to a bullpen game, I think the Dodgers take away with it. They're going to need a seven inning from the start. I, I would be surprised oh if... God. I'd be surprised if uh, the Dodgers don't walk away with a win on this one, but it would sure, certainly be shocking if the Nationals win to me. Dodgers went into this with everything to lose, and looks like they might lose everything. Well, the thing is, you know, you got Kershaw on deck, and you got Bueller on deck. So you got their two best pitchers. It's just a matter of time before you see what happens. Then we'll go to the AL, where the Yankees currently lead 2 nothing, looking for a sweep, which will probably happen. Nothing really to take from that. The Twins were, were outmatched. They don't have the pitching to keep up with them. Yeah. Uh, they gave it what they had, and you know what? It came down to what we thought. They are who they are? They are who we thought they were. The team hits a lot of home yes. runs. That's the only way they can really provide runs for them. Right. If the home run ball is not working, they're not scoring. Right. And that's a very bad thing in the MLB. And as a kettle knows, it doesn't really work. Right. And uh, you know, and the unfortunate thing is, is that what Kyle's just saying. I'm going to reiterate, reiterate just now. You can put together a really good season as a pitcher. You can go ahead. And you can put together a ton of, you know, hey, let's hold on to, you know, hey, we'll, we'll give up five runs and we'll, 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 we'll go six innings 
it doesn't matter. If you can't go deep in a ball game, if you can't get big strikeouts in a big opportunity, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your numbers are. And you won't hold up in an MLB playoff situation. So, all right. So, I'm, it's all I'm saying. I mean, I, I, I it's, it's nothing major. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, you know, trying to give the, uh, the very lame explanation of it all. All right. And then we got today, Tampa Bay beating Houston 10-3. to Granky got shelled a little bit. But of this though. Monday, October 7th, 2019. Prevented the sweep, though. But, in my opinion, Verlander will take it home tomorrow. Is he pitching tomorrow? Yeah. Really? Uh pitching game four? Yes. Game five, isn't it? Game four. Oh, it's game, game four. four. They're up 2-1. He, he will be pitching tomorrow. Try to close it out of the way. Because even if he pitches tomorrow, they'll have try to close it out away and have Cole for home. And they'll have Game Two Verlander. Hmm. Verlander will be thrown Game Two if they win the series tomorrow. Right. So worst case scenario is you have Cole pitching yeah. for the closeout at home. Best case scenario, you have Cole pitching the opener. Yeah. Big fucking whoop. <laughs> it's still a fucking shit show for anybody facing him. <laughs> but, um. You have any any World Series predictions? Knowing what we know right now. No, I, I, I do. I, personally, I think it's going to be, I do think the Astros pitching is too much for the Yankees. So I think it's Astros, Cardinals. Astros, Nationals. I think if the Nationals get through the Dodgers, I don't, I think they can't be stopped in the NL. They're definitely swept by the Astros, 100%. <laughs> They're swept by about a run differential of 100. But here's the thing. There's one thing I have. That you guys don't. What's that's that? a reason to cheer for the Nationals. <laughs> Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton, baby. <laughs> I hope that the Cardinals play the Yankees in the World Series and win because I will never let Ashley live it down. Okay, first of all, that series would make me rip out my eyeballs. Real quick, you guys notice how I just finished my beer and Kendall immediately took his and started drinking it? It's because he can't stand to f- fucking imagine that. He's going right back to it. Because he can't imagine the idea of being a beer behind. Little does he know that I'm kicking the cake. So he's done. <laughs> but the playoffs so far are yeah, pretty exciting. True. You got a couple game five you didn't expect. Did the Yankees sweep it? Yeah, they're going to sweep did it. We, did we say that? They're going to sweep or they have swept? They're going to sweep. They're playing tomorrow? No, they're playing right now. Are they winning? 2 nothing. What inning? Fifth. Going into the sixth. I mean, I don't think anybody really had any expectations of... Uh, no. Of, like I said, the Twins are all or nothing. They just team. don't have the firepower. They don't have the firepower or the pitching to keep up with. Well, they definitely have firepower. It's just they don't have any other way to generate runs. So, like, you live and die by the home run ball, but nobody else is getting on base. So you hit a solo shot. That's it. That's what the New York Mets mantra has been. You know, they put Absolutely. up four runs in the first game, all because of home runs. So, right. so. anyway... Uh, Let's wrap up this show. I mean, oh yeah, never, I've never seen Kendall trying to get out of here quickly before. No, can we say what? I, I, I'm very intoxicated. So yeah, no, we've we've gathered. <laughs> Listeners have also gathered. Yeah, but Every next time. week, have fun peeing in the bed. But next week, and the car, Western Conference, and Rebecca. I already put it in my homework calendar. Okay, 
We're going to push off Jeopardy for a little while. No, why? Why? We, we are. And we're going to push it off because we have a lot of stuff going on right now. We have the NBA coming up. and NBA season's coming up. The NHL season has just kicked off. We're getting into the meat and potatoes of the NFL season. MLB postseason. There's a lot of stuff to talk about right now. This is the time of the year where we really strive. We'll wait. We'll do, you know, once we get into kind of like the boring part of the NBA season and the NHL season. So November. November late November, early December. Well, not December. Well, January is really boring. January is boring for everything. Not playoff football. The worst is like April. April and May are just <laughs> fucking terrible. April is just the start of the MLB season. Because the draft is in June, right? June, yeah. Yeah, but nobody cares about the start of the MLB season. Honestly, no, you really don't, though, because you, you always say this, oh, everyone's just kind of feeling themselves out and finding their identity. That's true. Yes, you're well, about it. You've said that, though, but everyone's yeah, just I trying know, to find but, like, I'm still but that's why you it. see people go out, like six-string pitchers go out and throw almost no hitters, because everyone else is out there is like, well, let's see what happens if I swing with my dick. <laughs> All right, that didn't work. All right, let's try something different. Maybe I'll put the bat in my ass and swing. Another, okay, another all right. bold statement Then the sixth me. game comes around and like, maybe I should just grip up a little bit. Another, oh, that worked. Another bold statement. Garrett Cole is wearing red and white next year. Really? Yes. You think he's a red? I think he's an angel. Oh. No, that's what You picked very generic he's, colors. He's, he's, um, he's a red. You guys all thought Phillies. No, I did not. <laughs> Never <laughs> once crossed <laughs> my mind. Certainly not the Phillies. Because they a, don't wear red. He they wear... They wear he's going to go team up with Joe Madden. He goes to Fox and teams up with John Madden. Don't you go to the Phillies? That's a real team up. You guys, you guys are no. You guys are getting Trout, Kershaw, and Verlander. Well, except for Trout. Oh, so you'd bitch about getting Kershaw and Verlander? No. But I do think Garrett Cole's an angel, mostly because he said it. <laughs> I'm an angel next year. <laughs> this doesn't mean anything to me. I'm actually going to tank this. All right. Uh, social media plugs. Where can they find us, Red Baron? Let's see how well this goes. <laughs> hey, you can find us on Facebook, Getting Supposed to the Drunk. Instagram, at Getting Supposed to the Drunk. Twitter, <laughs> at GSWD underscore four. Make sure to use the hashtag GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's urinating yourself in the late wee hours of the night. Oh, my God. Or... Or doing solo Eastern Conference, or or salvaging a once broken friendship on the show for an Eastern Conference <laughs> talk about because you were going to do it by yourself, and he recognized that you were going to drown, so he <laughs> broke out of his anger and he saved you. Yes, thank you, Kyle. You welcome. I'll we'll buy you mock. McDonald's. Yes. Mock. Excellent. (laughs) You can find us on Podbean, Spreaker, Apple iTunes, wherever you find internet radio shows and podcasts, you find us. And Spreaker. Spreaker. Um, Make sure to tune in on Wednesdays. Spreaker. Wednesdays to the Peter Pino Show from 7 to 11. Also on Spreaker. On uh, the PPRN Radio Network, also on Spreaker. And Spreaker. And anywhere you can find internet radio shows and podcasts, blah, 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 blah. You know the whole nine yards. And but yeah, make sure to t- keep tuned into PPR and Radio Network at all times for awesome content. And you can always find Getting Sports with Drunk live on Monday nights from eight ish to eleven ish on Spreaker, on Spreaker, on the PPR Radio Network. <laughs> but um, real quick, beer reviews. Souls, you had the Ferris Bueller. We've had this good. before, but yeah. I said it before. It's very good. Can very you, surprising. Can, can you give me something? Just uh, give me something. Like what do you, what do you get from a flavor? 
Like, you're getting some fruit. You're getting some... It, it's, sw- it has a fruity aspect. What kind of fruit? Come on, work with me. Work uh, with me. You're getting, like, more of a tart fruit, or you're getting some sweetness? It's more sweet. So you're getting, like, like berries? Uh, more of, like, a strawberry type. Strawberry? Okay, good, good. Some strawberries, but some, like, wild think, berry. But I honestly don't think it's a fruity beer. No, no, no. But no, it no. tastes it like... It doesn't fruity, but you can get some fruit essence. Yeah. We talking bitter? Is it a little bitter? A little bitter. You get a little bit of that IPA, yep. right? Is it an IPA? Yeah. So you get a little bit of that hoppiness, right? Mm-hmm. Is it overly hoppy? Not at all. When you take a sip, are you kind of like quenching a little bit? Not at all. All right, perfect. So it's got a good, good IBU <laughs> That's level. Probably my third favorite beer. All right, so we're gonna do this every week until you kind of just start <laughs> reviewing things. Okay. I'm gonna walk you through it. That's fine, but I want you to start. Here's so the thing. This is hilarious. Here's the thing. You have worked yourself from the bush to the craft beers, which there's nothing wrong with the bush. We all love some bush. No, but we need a little bit more from you on these reviews. Just a little. I don't care about the journal. Can I just say one thing? I've been saying this every week. I love what's happening in this game. I know, Kyle. I know you do. Baker Mayfield has been benched. It doesn't change the fact that the Steelers are finishing last. No, not last. Was he benched? They took him out. Finishing third. Above the Browns? Bengals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking about about real NFL teams. So did the rest of the league. No, the Dolphins finished last. Oh, I saw this thing today. It was so funny. Oh, they play each other. Are you talking about the... Dude, next week is Redskins fucking Dolphins. On oh, nice. primetime. I call, can't wait for the We're calling it the Tank Bowl. Which I love. Do you think Haskins plays next week? Whatever you think is the best chance of losing. Haskins. <laughs> what was it that you Tops. saw? <laughs> oh, I saw this thing. It was like notable upsets. And it was like Seahawks, Rams. Uh, Seahawks beating Rams. Raiders beating Bears. Dolphins not losing. They gave the scores. And then it said Dolphins 27 by week 26. (laughs) (laughs) And then underneath it, it said it was an asterisk. And it was like blown pass interference call on on Dolphins defense. (laughs) Um, Mass, you only had a couple shots of Patron. Why don't you go ahead and give us the best you got? Tastes like Patron. So gross? Yeah. I don't know why you bought the Patron. It's terrible. I didn't buy it. I don't know why you even had it. You should have thrown it away. Don Julio is way better. Hashtag plugs. Not a sponsor. Uh, Red Baron, you lead it off with an Oktoberfest from Two Roads. It was very good. Not not suggestively better as a Two Roads beer. However, uh, I'm drunk. I'm sorry. All right. And then the Hofbrau Oktoberfest mini keg. Do you know what? As far as that goes, in what I expect of it, it is a very good beer. And it, it helped me get over the edge. Excellent. Thank you all. I'm very drunk. The Riddler, hold it down. Tell me what you want to say. No, I was just taking a last sip to give a get a good palate read. So I also had the Hofbrau uh, mini keg. What? Exclusively. Uh, I did. I exclusively yeah. had the Hofbrau Oktoberfest mini keg from Munson. Hail Hydra. Um, it's fucking fantastic. It's, uh, it's first favorite Oktoberfest. It's so good, though. Um, it's got a very mild spice. It's the perfect Oktoberfest. It's like exactly what you want. If you've had real Oktoberfest before, if you've been to Germany, you know, if you've had real Oktoberfest, you understand that Hofbrau is actually good there. You know, it's like the American version is not as good as the German version. I have had the luxury of having German Oktoberfest. Um, but the Hofbrau line is really good. The, uh, the Oktoberfest, the Lager, the Dunkel, they're all fantastic. Go try them. Um, that's pretty much it. Closing statements. Kyle, anything last, any last minute things you'd like to say? Just can't wait for next week when we actually have more than two people talking about Western Conference. We won't. <laughs> we will not. Don't you ever fucking try to get our hopes up like that. Mass? 
No, I'm good. Hey, G7D. All right. Pretty much closes it up. WB is what he said. We're live on the WB. We are not, by the way. We're only live on speaker. Make sure to tune in, as said before, GSWD, Getting Sports with Drunk, every Monday, 8 to 11-ish. Keep looking out for a bunch of content on the page. I'm still waiting for ideas from guys. I'll help you edit them. I'll help you construct them. Whatever you want to do. But we need more content on social media. I need you guys. I'm doing the Riddler's rankings for power rankings in the NFL. I got, I'm got. i in the works of starting to do some for some NHL. I'm going to try to do it for NBA. I'm going to try to do power rankings all the time. I'm try to do power rankings. Stupid. They're dumb. No one gives a fuck about it, but it's content. We need content. So I need you guys to start coming up with some ideas for what you want to do for content. Okay? Souls? Okay. I got something in mind. I'll Mass? talk about it there. I'm sure I can figure something out. All right. It's going to be... Baron? Come on, baby. I don't know what that means. He Is lost it? points, by the way. In the, I don't know if you kept any tallies for the drinking game that he wanted to do, but we can no. do we can do backwards points. Is that retro points, right? Retro. Sure. We'll do some retro points. He loses points for getting too inebriated to talk. <laughs> no problem. Actually, I didn't go to the bathroom once. So I'm winning this game. Oh, oh he lost a thousand points. He went to the bathroom <laughs> like twelve times. Ten thousand. But we I didn't even go over the rules though. Mass, I'm gonna need your help for this because you're better with technology than me. Okay. I'll let you know after the air. It's gonna be when basketball starts. Okay. Bingo. Also, we are going to be doing next Monday. Maxine, hopefully you're listening to the show live. If not, I'll shoot you a text. Next Monday, live on the show while we're doing our Western Conference breakdown, we are doing a live NBA mo- uh, NBA draft on the show. So do yeah, your homework for the, the NBA out. draft. This what? is not gonna go well. This week or the week after. I thought we were set for the 21st. When's the season start? 22nd. We can do it for the 21st then if you want. Because I got the kid coming here the 21st. Okay, so we'll do the 21st then. Sorry, my bad. All right, I didn't realize. So two weeks from today, we will be doing a NBA, well, not live like with the board like we did with the NFL draft, but we'll be doing it through Yahoo Sports. Not a sponsor. We'll be doing it on the show, though. We'll be doing the NBA draft. Um, be a we'll great time. We'll also be live on speaker. Me and the kid that Kyle are bringing are probably going to have sex on the air about Derrick Rose. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, a lot of bullshit jargon. Stay tuned for more content next week. Western Conference breakdown, some more MLB postseason talk. We'll kind of break down some some more what's happening in the NFL, things of that nature, and hopefully a little NHL talk if the time is warranted. But uh, until then, I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler. Nope. Yep. Uh, I'm what you want to call either Shake and Bake Souls or Cake Quick Soul or, or Sandpaper Souls. I got a lot of names. I love Sandpaper Souls. Sandpaper Souls is pretty good. The Mask Christmas. You know, it's funny because like a recent thing happened at the house because of Sandpaper. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was very <laughs> funny. But we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. But until then, I'm your host with Cupcake the Riddler. Nope. nope. I'm Sandpaper Souls. The Mask Christmas. And I'm the Red Baron. <laughs>